Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. All right, all right, all right. Here we are, back better than ever on Hump Day. Happy Hump Day to you. I'm sure the chat will have fun with that. I'm Trace Fowler, and this is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The MLB playoffs, they began yesterday. Is there anything better than October baseball? Crisp in the air. That was everything besides Tampa, because they play indoors, and on top of that, it's not very crisp in October. The Rangers, though, they came into Tampa and took game one in front of a whopping 19,000 people. The lowest recorded attendance since 1919 in a postseason game. That game dealt with the, uh, you know, the Black Sox scandal, if you don't remember. Shout out to the Reds uh, for, for winning that year. Texas, uh, they blanked the Rays 4 to nothing capitalizing on Rays' four airs. They wore the Devil Rays uniforms as well. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe maybe, maybe that was the problem. Because back in, back in the Devil Ray days, the Rays weren't very good. Anyway, the Minnesota Twins, though, they finally won a playoff game. Did you see the energy in that target field? They were, they were fired up. Then all of a sudden, in the uh, in the in the bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth, excuse me, the Blue Jays they find a way to get a guy on, and and I can only imagine because if one day I'm there, I can only imagine how you feel, right? You got a two-run lead in the top of the ninth. You haven't won a playoff game in 18 straight tries, and then you're starting to think to yourself. I even showed it on the broadcast. They're showing the winds. The winds are blowing out. They got the flags blowing out. They tried to build the anticipation and the drama, but it was all for naught. They would win 3-1 to one on the backs of Royce Lewis, of all guys. He had two home runs. And again, the Minnesota Twins snapped the longest streak, at least I've ever seen, in losing playoff games in a row, and they win 3-1 to one over the Rangers. One doesn't simply just march into American Family Field and win, right? We've seen that. How many times this year? Well, the Diamondbacks, they were down three to nothing in the first two innings. And you're starting to think to yourself, here we go. You know how the Brewers are. You get it to the sixth inning and you got a lead. There's a really good chance you never get that lead. Uh, you never you never overcome the deficit. But Diamondbacks might be better than we all have given them credit for. Corbin Carroll. And by Corbin Carroll, I mean Corbin Burns. Gave up a home run to Corbin Carroll. And Marte also hit a home run. And they would win 6-3. to three. Now, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Corbin Burns, the guy that dominated the Reds many, many times, four innings, five hits, four run runs. Tough scene for him. Tough scene now for the Brewers because they are also going to have to find a way to win today, and they do not have their number two starter available. Woodruff has gone to the IL because of a shoulder issue, so they're going to turn to Peralta 
later today to try to save their season. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how you play this many baseball games. And maybe it's great. I mean, I, I'm not here to suggest it's bad, but maybe it's great. You, you know, the Rays, for instance, they won 99 games this year. They were going for win number 100 yesterday, and they lose, and now they find themselves in a must-win game today to save their season. It's wild. It's so wild. All right, Phillies, though, if you didn't see, uh, they dominated the nightcap against the Marlins 4-1. to Zach Wheeler went six and two-thirds innings, striking out eight. He gave up one run, and you started to remind yourself as to why the Phillies, you know, went to the World Series just a year ago. On today's show, we have the host of this show, Tom Brenneman. He will be on at 10.30. We have picks. I'm sure we have mailbags. We got Spur in the house today. We got Elliot. Reed's obviously still gone. Casey's still hitting the buttons over there. Hopefully he can keep the internet abroad today. That'd be nice. I'll we'll try. just blame. I'll tell you what we'll do around here. Anytime there's a technical issue, we're just going to blame Casey, whether it's his fault or not. <laughs> I appreciate that. No problem, Casey. We're here to help. So we'll see if Casey can keep the internet turned on today. But we also have one more thing from Casey, and that is what? The stink list. He will share that today, and I'm sure it'll be a doozy. My my guess is he's going to have three quarters at the NFL at the very, very bottom. We'll see what <laughs> it looks like, though. Uh, we'll go around the room. Just uh, overall thoughts. If you watched any sports from yesterday, any takeaways from the sports landscapes that happened uh, all the way from our show yesterday to today, which was, which was, I know, a ton of things that happened, Elliot. Yeah, I didn't get to watch too many. I was working yesterday, but I, I was following the box scores of all the games. No runs first inning. If you rode with me on that, I'm sorry you lost everything. Uh, it didn't. It didn't win. I, I'm really sorry about that. It just. <laughs> it's just not going to work out for you if you ride. If you ride with me, but at the end of the show today, we'll, we'll have another opportunity to ride with me again, and we'll hope the pitchers uh, perform better. But the games were great yesterday. I don't know how the Tampa Bay Rays can excuse their sorry franchise for staying there when 19,000 people show up for a playoff game. I know it's 3 o'clock, but 3 o'clock seems like it's more than a half day of work. You're like, you know what, boss? All right, we'll, we'll head on out. We're all going to uh, the Tampa Bay Rays game, playoff game for win number 100. Nah, nah, nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. Nobody cares in Tampa. They're too busy riding rides at Disney World. I think that's in Orlando, but you get the point. It's just sad. The Phillies, they looked like one of the best teams in the playoffs yesterday. That was dominant by Zach Wheeler. It was absolutely brilliant. I, I was high on the Blue Jays. I'm very shocked that the Blue Jays lost that game. I was very low on the Twins. The, the Twins come from one of the worst divisions in the history of baseball in that AL Central. So good for them, though. They, they end the streak. Pablo Lopez, beast. That's all there is to it. Uh, Justin Tolls in the chat says, Elliot, just stop giving out gambling advice. Justin, let me give you a little, let me give you a little tip here. This is an insider trading tip. Uh, anytime somebody's is hot one way or the other, I mean, you might say, you might say Elliot's cold. I think he's hot because <laughs> last year I might, I might add, um, our good friend quitter Paul, he was on, <laughs> he was on a heater too. Let me tell you. And he just could not find himself at all to win a bet. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you, on the other side of this wall, we were we were we were watching in eleven, the weren't we, Spur? Oh, the rebound rundown won me a ton of money last year. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would just tune in, scroll to the end of the podcast. Who's Paul picking the day? <laughs> Spurge, you watch any of those games? Oh, yeah. I uh, I tuned in for the end of the uh, Diamondbacks-Brewers game, and I turned it on. It was the bottom of the eighth, goes to the top of the ninth. Devin Williams is coming in. I'm like, all right, there you well, go. we're going to see some excitement here in the bottom of the ninth because it's still going to be 4-3 because that's what Devin Williams does, right? Nope. Two runs. Uh, Christian Walker hits 112 mile, 112 mile per hour off the bat double off the center field wall, and I'm like, man, Devin Williams pitched against the Reds a lot this year, and I didn't see anything like that. So I went back and looked. Eight and two thirds against the Reds this year, and how many hits do you think the Reds had against Devin Williams? Eight and two thirds. The Reds had. I mean, you obviously it's going to be low. I'm going to say I'll zero. Say, I'll say two. Zero. <laughs> no hits. Not one. <laughs> Not one. Man, it's crazy. Baseball's a crazy game, but. Eight and two-thirds, Red Hat, zero hits. Casey, how you doing, buddy? You, you, you all right over there? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, just really quickly, super chat from Big C, the wild horse. I think that's Corey, that's the, Corey. the Viking helmet guy. Oh, yeah. Here in football form, but just wanted to give a shout and say hello to the boys. My health is better, and I'm out of the hospital. Go sports. Thank you, yeah. Big Corey, helmet Viking guy. Um, the wild horse. The wild horse. I uh, did not watch any baseball. I was uh, helping Elliot and Harrison for uh, setting up, and then I went to uh, prep for my show and for the clicker. And that was a really good show if you haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, Kasky did a really good job last night. So if you're really interested in how the Bengals are doing, definitely check that out. I did watch that for a little bit. and I mean, obviously uh – you know, my, my, a couple things. One is the first time in a long time I didn't have something to do at night. So I tried to relish in that and kind of watch baseball, watch baseball leisurely was, a, was a nice thing a little bit, not trying to be locked into every single pitch for the most part. Um, you know, I, I also think for, for all intents and purposes, I do as much as I somewhat complained about the format, or I guess the idea that you're, you're going for your hundredth win yesterday and you lose, and now you're, you're, for all intents and purposes, your season's on the line today as a Tampa Bay Ray player. Certainly, the few fans that they have, they probably care as well. But it's one of those things where it's like, what else are you supposed to do if you're Major League Baseball? And we've talked about this uh, a little bit on this show before and, and what opportunities baseball could have to try to shorten the season. I guess I'll ask a simple question before we get into football because uh, we have picks to do, and we'll, 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 uh, we'll kind of get into that maybe. Let's get into that after Tom. Is that fair? What, what do you, how, like, Casey, how do you want to run this thing? For, like, over the weekend, our picks, or the yes. picks for tonight? No, 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 over the weekend. Yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it over after Tom. All right, so we got about uh, 15 minutes until Tom joins the show. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on, a, I guess, a plethora of subjects here with, uh, with just sports in general. But the first thing is is the uh, is Major League Baseball in this notion that that you have to play 162 games. Some people think it's the nostalgia, the the statistics, the the things that you know you you look back in the history books and you just can't change because well you know we all know the the meaningful numbers that exist within baseball and if you change the amount of games then also all of a sudden you change the the ability to kind of keep a fair idea of. I think that that should go away um, largely because of this. I'll tell you what's changed right now, Elliot, is, and I'm not trying to take anything away from what 
uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. did this year. I'm not taking anything away from that. It is an unbelievable, and that guy is an unbelievable baseball player. But the stolen base category now has to be, it has to be, there has to be a small asterisk on it. The bases are a little bit bigger. And now how much you want to say that changed the, the dynamic of, of, of how many more stolen bases Ronald Acuna would have? I don't know. But Major League Baseball as a whole, stolen bases skyrocketed. Um, do you ever think that they should change the, either the amount of games or the way in which Major League Baseball goes about the regular season? Yeah, I've been out on 162 games for a while. I think it's nonsense. I think the, the whole either the last month or the first month needs to be wiped off. I, I think 162 is, is too many games. Now, the issue would be, and you said it, MLB is, is rooted in that in, the, in it's America's pastime. It's about the history. It's a sport that fetishizes records and stats, statistics. There's a movie on a, on a team that used statistics to get to, a, to, a, to the playoffs. So I, I, you go throughout the MLB's history, and it's like, all of this is, is cemented, which makes it kind of – it's almost nostalgic. Every time you watch baseball, it's a little bit nostalgic. You feel good about yourself because there's been so many good moments in the past and, and, and there will be in the future. All the statistics come together. But saying that, when it comes to the last month of the season and we got some teams not trying, there's, there's an issue. And I think that's, that's a problem. I think the MLB's had a tanking problem for quite some time. Bob Ca or Phil Castellini said it this year. I know people – don't like to bash on the Castellinis anymore. I still do a little bit. Phil Castellini said at his brunch before the red season that half the teams are eliminated before the fir before first pitch on opening day. It's a tough attitude to have. It's a tough attitude to have. But in a sense, he is right. 162 games is such a long stretch of time. It's such a long period of time. It's hard to stay consistently good throughout that entire stretch. I would say it's more fun. It would bring on more chaos to have 30 less games. Now, I don't know, and again, it, it, Trey said it, there's, these records are already starting to have little tiny asterisks. We have the juice balls of 2021. I don't know if you remember that, but MLB juiced all the, all the baseballs, so there would be a more home runs. I think every team set their franchise record that year. And, and, and little by little, the MLB is starting to do this, do this thing where they change all the rules, like pitch clock. Pitch clock, I think, is starting to affect pitchers. It's starting to affect hitting, starting to affect hitting. So, yeah, I think a shorter season would be better. I think it would be significantly better and more fun, more entertaining. Yeah. Um, I guess any, anything from over there? I'll be honest. I used to be against 162 games. I really did. But with the rule changes now, I mean, I think coming into September, I think 19 or 20 teams were still alive for the playoffs this year because they've added that sixth team to the playoffs. I think that was a big change for baseball. There's no more three-and-a-half-hour drag-out games. The games are getting done in two-and-a-half hours pretty much. That's that's about tops now, but they're what they're last, and sometimes less than that. Uh, I just think, I think the pitch clocks helped a lot. All the changes, 162 games, it was fun this year. And, I mean, if you're one of those 19 or 20 teams that get to September, it's it, I mean, it makes, it makes the season fun. I don't really have a problem with it anymore. So, my problem is, like, you get rid of a month, it's only getting rid of 20-something games. I mean, 140-something is still a lot. Like, I don't think I don't think getting rid of a month really solves anything except for, like, ending the season sooner. Like, I don't think the, the issue is necessarily the timing of, of the, the sport, like the season. It's more of there's just so many to watch. And I don't think you're going to be able to fix that. I thought this season went by 
honestly pretty fast. Maybe it's just because we cover the sport and we talk about it every day. And, you know, it it's only four or five months. It's one of the shorter seasons in, in all of sports. So, I don't know. I thought – I enjoyed it. I mean, like you said, Spur, if you're one of those teams that are in it, it's fun. It's It comes down to – it literally came down to the final two games for the Reds. But to Elliot's point, the teams that are just giving up and quitting, like, I don't know how you fix that. I, I think that. you're like, going to get that regardless. I mean, you you're going to get if that you play in 140 sport. games, there's still going to be teams like the White Sox and the Royals. Sure, and, you get, you and, get I mean, that. There, with, there's going to be bad teams regardless. Yeah, you get that with the NFL right now. I mean, there's teams already quitting. Like, the te- uh, like the Bears are in trouble. They If they lose tonight, I mean, their head coach is fired and their season's done. Same I, thing with the Broncos. Like, they're, they're right there on the verge of yeah. – but I, I, I think to counter to counter your point, Sean, uh, or Bear, however you like to be preferred in this show. Uh, Bear. Mr. Bear. <laughs> Mr. Bear. I, uh, like the, the run that the Reds had this year, if, that, if, our, if our season was cut a month short, we wiped out that first month, the Reds would be in the postseason. I think it gives teams that don't have as much of a chance, it gives them more reason to keep playing, keep fighting hard till the end. 162 oh. is just longer. It's just significantly longer. The Reds still had a chance. They still the, did. No, they I still mean, did. Yeah. But they would we don't be, we don't blow a nine nothing lead. No, correct. Or they, a three one lead against the Twins when Hunter Green has 14 strikeouts or whatever he had correct. in seven innings. But we a, win those two games, we're in the playoffs. No, 100. percent But a I month mean, a month and a half hot stretch means more in, in a season that has a month less to play in. That's just a fact. So if you go throughout the league and, and you look at some of the teams that kind of got hot. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of some. The Guardians were hot for just a little bit. The Tigers got hot for like a month, and then they tailed off. I just think it gives more teams a reason to fight a little bit. And not, think, to, and not to mention, and Everett said it in the chat, I, it, April baseball, that whole first month is just kind of so slow, and it's nobody's really watching it. So it, it's, it's, I, I'd cut a month off. I think, I think that would be the play. Uh, Smelliot in the chat asked a pretty, pretty pointed, decent question. What's here. his name? Uh, Smelliot is the name. Hmm. Uh, it said, uh, do ticket prices go up if they eliminate 30 games? And the answer is yes. I mean, they definitely yeah. do. How how much they go up, I don't know. I mean, it, it all depends on what series you go to for sure now. Uh, we, all, we all know what teams bring a, bring a crowd with them. Um, you know, the Yankees, the Red Sox, um, even the Cardinals, the great fan base. Um, those Pretty much those teams are the ones that I'm thinking of. Um, but outside of outside of those series, the ticket prices for the most part are probably going to be relatively the same as they normally would, I would think, because you're still only eliminating 20-some-odd games. I guess my, my concern is uh, – not my concern, I guess. My issue is much less with the amount of games as much as it is with the uh, just the overall fair and equitable way in which you should go about a playoff. And I guess it is what it is. If you don't win your division – but that's where I have a little bit of a problem. I guess my biggest problem, guys, is this. And we won't, we won't need to spend a ton of time talking about this because I don't know how many folks really care about Major League Baseball playoffs and the formats and all that. It's If you win your division, it feels a little shady to me that you have to play a three-game series against a team like the Diamondbacks who snuck their way in. And for all intents and purposes, it's even playing ground. Yeah, you could tell me home field advantage and all that. Of all of the sports that we come to know, that we, I don't want to say care about, but we care about. Baseball is the least home field advantage factor there is. Yes? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, 
It's like you, you play a three-game series against the Diamondbacks. And the other thing that kind of stinks in a little bit of a way, too, is if the Diamondbacks, for instance, are a team that is just heavy-loaded, and they're not. But let's just say they're top-loaded. Their they're one-two starters are elite Cy Young-type pitchers, oh, yeah. and the rest of their team is, call it average. It's tough for me to get behind a system that could allow a team that wins, call it 100 games, which is close to possible considering the fact that the, the Rays didn't even win their division with 99, uh, could possibly be in a situation or a scenario where you got to play a three-game series against a team that should not be in the same even stratosphere as you. So we'll see how, you know, like I said before, how it ultimately plays out. I'm rooting, I guess in a way, I'm rooting for the Rays today. Not because of their fan base. I get all that. I get why people are, are, are saying they have the worst fans in the world, this, that, and the other. Um, but I just want to see a team that deserves to move on to at least play a five-game series move on. And I, I would even put the Brewers in that category. But unfortunately, for the Brewers' sake, they lost their number two starter. And this is what I was saying right before the show started. Could you imagine if you... We're all, for the most part, Reds fans here. Um, could you imagine the Reds winning, you know, how many ever games that the Brewers won this year? You win the Central going away, not even worried about winning the Central about a month in uh, before the postseason. You win, and you find out that you're, well, let's just say whether it's Graham Ashcraft or Lodolo or Hunter Green, whoever we would have suspected would have been our number two game starter has to go down, and now he's, he's on the IR. And that's a tough break for the Brewers. Uh, especially for a Brewers club, if we're being honest, to where many are believing. Now, you never know because no one knew that the Reds were going to win 82 games this season. But for, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, this is the Brewers' probably final year. This is their last go-around. After this year, I would even suggest that the Brewers probably, if I had to guess next year, again, all this is forecasted stuff, I would, I would guess the Brewers would be ranked to finish maybe third in the division next year. I could even make an argument they could finish fourth in the division next year. You got the Reds, yes. You got the Cubs. You probably have the Pirates, who I think are probably the most underrated team in Major League Baseball. And then the last, I would, I guess I would say that, I mean, who knows? The Cardinals are still there. People still think the Cardinals can make a bounce they back. They need pitching. <laughs> but the Cardinals are in a spot where they do need some pitching, and, and pitching obviously trumps most things when it comes to a 162-game season. Um, fortunately, we get to uh, we get to bring on a guy that uh, knows a thing or two about baseball. He's been around baseball for a very long time. Now, he's going to sit here and play humble pie and tell you, oh, I don't know how much I know about baseball, blah, blah, blah. But we'll ask him the same question. Tom, do you see the fact that uh, Tampa Bay is on an elimination game today? They won 99 games. They lose one game. They have an elimination game today. The Brewers won the Central going away. No problem at all. About a month left, they weren't even worried about winning the Central. They win the Central. What's their reward? They lose one game to a Diamondback team that snuck into the postseason. And now you find yourselves on the, the outside looking in. But statistically speaking, they, they, they probably are not supposed to win this series now. Well, look, Trace, I mean, that's the system you play in. Um, you know, if you stop and think about it for a minute, here you have Minnesota and Milwaukee as champions of the Central Division in each league. And the Central Division in each league, in my opinion, was by far the worst division in each league. Okay? 
Now, you're not playing 18 games anymore against that division like you used to before this year with a more balanced schedule, but you're still playing them 12, 13 times. I mean, Milwaukee and, and Minnesota, they knew the rules going in, just like Tampa Bay knows the rules going in. You get one of the top two records in the league, you get to advance in the second round without playing in the opening round. That's just the deal. Um, I heard you talking about, rightfully so, what's going on with Brandon Woodruff. Uh, it's really a shame for this Brewers team because, you know, they've been in the playoffs five of the last six years, and here they are in a market very similar to Cincinnati. Um, their, their general manager, president of baseball operations, David Stearns, for many, many, many years left to go to the New York Mets. Um, and Craig Council is a free agent at the end of the year as far as their manager is concerned. So, you know, uh, believe me, I, I've rooted for Milwaukee to do well in the postseason for a long time because I'm friends with Craig Council. I'd like to see them play well and do well. Um, but, you know, hey, those are the rules you play by. So that's the way it goes. And, and it, you know, you have the chance on the field. You just played 162. You got a chance now to beat, in Tampa's case, to beat the Rangers. In Milwaukee's case, to beat Arizona. And look, you know, Milwaukee went to the post last night with one of the three best pitchers in the National League. And he did not get it done. And Arizona went to the post with its third or fourth starter last night because they had to play to the end just to get in. So they haven't even run out their two top starters. And I'd make the argument in the National League, you can make a serious argument that Arizona has the top two starters on any team that is in the postseason this year. Does that mean they have the best team? No. So Milwaukee's in trouble here. They're in big trouble. Yeah, I, 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 that's uh, you, you bring up a fair point, right? At some point, the, the rubber meets the road, and you're just going to have to get it done when it matters the most. And the, and the Brewers, and for the lack of, you know, the Rays as well, they just did not get it done. Um, all right, most of the folks that are that are obviously tuned in, they, you know, I'm not saying they could care less about baseball, but certainly if the Reds aren't a part of the conversation, then you know, for for unless it's still for the World Series, maybe there's not as much of an interest. That said, uh, by the way, yeah, Trace, sir before Boy, you get to baseball, Trace, before you get to baseball, Sir Boy here, this was a guy that was telling everybody about the hype with Ellie De La Cruz, <laughs> right? I mean, he was one of a whole laundry list of you guys that wanted to make a bust already for De La Cruz to go to the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to say any more about it. Fair enough. Well, I mean, we'll talk still... more about it Monday. <laughs> well, I don't know if he was talking about that, Tom, or if he was talking about the idea that the Bengals can maybe get back on track. Now, I think that that's where the vast majority of this audience would prefer to talk about. We yeah. can we we we've obviously discussed it at length around here. You've you've maybe if you've tuned in for uh, yeah, for just a short just for a short amount of time, you've seen the the passionate arguments that we have on both sides of the aisle of the Joe Burrow backup quarterback situation. What the uh, what? How much of this falls at the feet of Zach Taylor? There's a whole host of pointing or finger pointing that you could do for this Bengals team right now, and the defense certainly could be lumped into that mix as well. Yep. When you watch these games, when you watch these games, what's the biggest thing that stands out to you right now, and where's your your biggest frustration lie? Look, I, you know, everybody's on the Zach Taylor uh, play calling bandwagon. If you guys remember the last two years, okay, and I'm not sitting here patting myself on the back because I'm wrong a hell of a lot more than I'm right. But I have not been a Zach Taylor guy, okay? I can't take away from what he's done. The culture that he's created around there has been fantastic. 
And that's one of the most important parts, if not the most important part of a head coach's job is the, the, the culture of the team. And he has done a phenomenal job with that. But he has not done a phenomenal job play calling, even when they've been winning. And now all of a sudden, the pressure in the magnifying glass has been turned up big time because he has a quarterback that can't move. Um, and now what is he going to do, along with Brian Callahan, Zach's not by himself on this deal, um, what is he going to do to fix it? And when I watch this offense, I just say to myself, you know, it, it when Joe Mixon was running the ball like he was running the ball and they go down the field on that opening drive uh, in the Tennessee game, and I think they passed it four times, they ran it three times or vice versa to get down close, then they don't go for it on fourth down. You know, to me, that is just basically saying, you know, we're, we're not taking it to you. I thought they were taking it to them by getting the football, by winning the coin toss. I thought that meant we're going to come out and we're going to take it to you. No, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to run it on third down and get down to the one and a half, two yard line, and we're going to kick an 18 yard field goal. Um, look, Anna Rumo's not free from blame here, but we asked the question. We asked the question how many times? Are the Bengals better today than they were at the end of last year? I knew it was coming. <laughs> right? We And I, again, I'm not saying that, that – I'm not sitting here patting myself on the back. All I was doing was asking a question. If you were an objective Bengals observer and you had Von Bell and Jesse Bates – I wondered out loud how in the world you're going to give Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt long-term contracts. There aren't five linebackers in the NFL that are on long-term contracts because everybody throws the ball, except against the Bengals when they can run it for five and a half yards of carry. I mean, who does that? And now all of a sudden, you know, Logan Wilson's been great in the pass game. Where is he in the run game? Where is Pratt in the run game? Where's anybody in the run game? I, I tell you, it's, 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 it's just amazing to me. And I know you asked, you know, what do I see as the biggest problem? There are, there, there are just so many. It's incredible. And I didn't see this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming. But it gets down to the Burrow question. And I've, I've watched you guys a lot here, uh, especially the last couple of days. Look, if anybody believes anything other than what I'm about to say, they are just not tuned into the real world, okay? When these decisions come down, with all things being equal, outside of Joe Burrow walking around on a broken tibia, okay? If this is one of those you can play and you can't, it comes down to two things with, with, with players in the NFL and franchises. It comes down to by far number one, money. Money. It comes down to money. And number two, it comes down to where were you drafted? You're going to get multiple chances if you're a first or second round draft pick, if you played that same way and you were a fifth round draft pick, your ass is out the door. You know, for, for somebody in the Bengals organization to not step in there after watching what we've watched for the last four weeks and say, you know what, Joe, we're giving you the next two games off. Then you get to buy and let's see where we are. This is ridiculous. I love Joe Burrow. He's a gamer. He wants to play, but he can't play effectively. Now, maybe they go out and throw 50 this week and I look like an idiot. 
What do you think? No, you've heard you've well, you've heard what I've said sitting back here from from uh, from really from the beginning. I'm not going to sit here and do as you said before. It's hard. It's hard to be in a spot where when you've said something from the beginning pans itself out and continues to be true and then sit here and, and, and boast about it as if you know everything. I'm not suggesting for a second, just as you mentioned before, I'm not suggesting that I know everything that there is to know right. about about how you go about managing these situations and not. The one thing that irritates me the most, and again, we I don't know if our audience wants to listen to this whole shtick again, and I promise I won't go down the path, at least I'm going to try not to here, is I, I, I really get frustrated, and it really, it really chaps my ass, for, la- laugh, uh, for lack of a better term here, about how everybody in this fan base, and I say everybody is in 90% plus, wants to suggest to me that there's no way that Jake Browning or a backup quarterback can go and win a couple games while Joe Burrow rests. It's almost as if Reed sat here and everyone else has sat here and told me straight to my face that there's no way, there's no way that this team can win a game without Joe Burrow being the quarterback, and it's because our backup quarterback sucks. And the only reason I get frustrated by that is, one, is what you just said. The margin, and I guess I'll get your opinion on this because you've been around professional sports way longer than I have, but I'm just saying I've been around sports long enough to know, Tom, that when you get higher and higher and higher and higher up the food chain, right, the closer you get to professional athletics, in my opinion, and I, and I don't want to say I've played professional athletics, not, nothing like that. I'm just suggesting that the higher I got, the more I realized that the margin of difference between the athletes that play that are superstars and maybe the elite superstars are different. Your Bo Jacksons of the world, those, those types of players are different. Set them aside. But your, your traditional professional athlete to your backup professional athlete to even what I would call your fringe major leaguer or professional athlete are very, very good players. The difference often is maybe confidence or an opportunity. And the opportunity part is something that you just brought up. It's about money. It's about where you got picked. You see it all the time in minor league baseball. You got a guy that's hitting 330 and he's hit 330 at AA all year long. And he doesn't get called up immediately. He doesn't get rushed to the big leagues. Why? Because he got drafted in the 17th round. And he's just somebody that nobody has an agenda on getting to the big leagues. I'm not, I know that the NFL is a little bit different, but I'm not bought into the idea, Tom. And I never have been that Jake Browning is a horrible quarterback. Do I think he's better than Joe Burrow? Of course I don't. But this notion that the Bengals can't win without Joe Burrow right now seems crazy talk to me. I don't know if you've heard us having those conversations. Where yeah. are you at with the fact you think in your mind, and again, this is all opinionated to be very clear. We're not, we're not trying to say this is a fact, but in our professional opinion, I guess if I'm going to call it that, is you think this comes down to strictly money and pride with Joe Burrow. Well, I, I do, but I think to, to address what you said uh, in regard to Jake Browning. Okay, now look. Browning goes into training camp with Trevor Simeon. Okay, Browning, who's never thrown a pass in the National Football League. Simeon, who, yes, he's had his moments, but by and large, uh, has proven that that his future is as a backup in the NFL. Maybe a good solid backup. I don't know. But when he's had a chance to play regularly, mixed results on mediocre teams, to be fair. Um, My dog's going crazy because the mailman's coming, so give me a second here. All right, so... So it's like now my wife's chasing after the mailman. Maybe she likes a mailman better than me. I don't know. Um, all right. So, so, so Jake Browning. Now, look, 
you know, what you say, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I think there are so many guys that have given the opportunity in whatever sport it is, I think that they would be successful. I do think there's a difference between the elite players and the, and, and not even going extreme as, as Bo Jackson. You know, there's a reason why Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. I mean, he was a backup guy at Ohio State. He finally gets the opportunity, right, at LSU. You saw what happened. Here he is today. But look, they they knew in July that Joe Burrow was hurt. July, Trace. That is three months ago. They knew in July he was hurt. They knew the day he got hurt. This wasn't a three, four, five, seven to 10 day kind of deal. They told us right from the get-go, this is a four to five to six week deal. So what does that mean? It means Jake Browning got all the reps in practice. You must have seen something you didn't like because you brought in the kid from Dallas. You made a mistake by not putting him on the 53-man roster because you thought that that 53rd spot was too valuable on some ninth cornerback that you might lose. Okay? So you let him go. Patriots swoop him up immediately. Now you're bringing in A.J. McCarron. Well, I don't know how long it takes A.J. McCarron to learn the Bengals' system. I don't know. But clearly, the thinking down there right now is, or at least it gives you the impression it, is they don't have any confidence in either one of those guys to go out and win a game. Now, whether they're right or wrong on that, uh, I have no idea. I think they both could win a game because I think what you would do with either one of those guys is you open up the playbook for what you can do. Burrow is a sitting duck back there. They're playing Seattle next week. What did they have? How many sacks did they have the other night? Casey, do you know that? 11. They had 11. They had 11. 11 sacks in one game. And Daniel Jones is one of the most mobile quarterbacks outside of Lamar Jackson in the NFL. Yeah. And you're going to expose the franchise player who you just gave $270 million to, to that? I just yeah. don't, I, I really just don't understand. What, I, mean, I understand. They're saying, hey, we can't go to one and four or we're going to wash away this season, or one of five, we're going to wash away this season. So, you know, we may as well run Burrow out there. It's a tough spot for them to be in. But Burrow is clearly not able to do all the things that we were used to seeing him do. And I think right now, Browning can do all of those things. I mean, he might stink. He might go seven for, for 30. I have no idea. But neither does anybody else. So for anybody else to predict what Jake Browning is going to do, it is just, it's nothing more than pure speculation and flipping coins because he's never done it. Do you think that there's a, that there's a road back here? I mean, and if there is a road back, what does that ultimately end up looking like? Uh, clearly everybody's going to point their finger at saying that, that Joe Burrow's health is going to be the ultimate premium as to why or how they could possibly get themselves back on track. But it's, <clears throat> as you look forward through the rest of this season, you're going to have an audience, Tom, that sits there and says, at least we'll call it the optimistic crowd, right? The pessimistic crowd, like Elliot, they've already got them dead. So you might as well, we might not, might as well not even concern ourselves over, over talking about that. Does that, that. mean that Elliot is not going to bet on them again the rest of the year in any form or fashion, Elliot? 
Yeah, it, it surely does, Tom. I, I'm done losing money on them. I, I've, I've done it the past four weeks, and, and each time I've met, been met with disappointment. So, yeah, I'm done with it. Also, Drew Garrison, uh, he's, left a, he's left a message in our chat for you, Tom. Yeah. He said he wants you to come back because this guy over here, Trace, he's a Jake Browning truther. Now, I, Tom, we just mentioned Seattle. <laughs> Tom, we just, went over, we just went over how many sacks Seattle had on Monday night. Do you really think putting Jake Browning in the game is going to equate to something better? No, but what I would say is, you know what? I, you know what? I, I think I might answer that question. Yes, Elliot. I, I think that I'm not comparing Jake Browning to Joe Burrow. I'm, I'm comparing a mobile, healthy player to a player who can't move. We don't even have to say what their names are. But do I think... Jake Browning has a better chance to escape a potential sack right now than Joe Burrow. Stevie Wonder could tell that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I just look at this Bengals team right now, and I think if you – and I'm okay with benching Burrow. I, I, I was off that train at the beginning. I'm on the train now. I, I think Joe Burrow doesn't look like himself. I think it's not helping the team, him being out there. Saying that, if, you, if you're going to play Jake Browning, and I firmly believe this, Tom – if you put in Jake Browning, you're not trying to win games. You're just trying to heal Joe Burrow, and I think there's a difference there. So I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna win football games in the NFL with Jake Browning as your quarterback. So you don't could, think that Jake Browning is capable of beating Arizona? No, I do. I do not, Tom, and I'll tell you why. With because the rest he's been, of the players he has around him, you don't think that they're capable of beating that they're that they're. You don't think Jake Browning and or AJ McCarron is capable of beating the Arizona Cardinals? I think AJ McCarron is. I think AJ McCarron is. He's a he's a proven NFL player. Jake Browning's been in the league, Tom, for five seasons. He hasn't played a game. I, That's I, I not think, his fault. I think it is a little bit his fault, though. I, I I think at some point you you play a snap in the NFL as a backup quarterback. If your team's up by twenty, if your team's up by thirty, you come in for the. Well, he didn't have. I mean, I mean, are you going to blame him for not playing the other day when the coach left the starting quarterback in down twenty-seven to three to get slaughtered? <laughs> that's not Jake Browning's. No, fault. that's not Jake Browning's fault, and I agree. Jake Browning should have been in to get those practice reps. But I'm saying that there's a, probably a reason that NFL coaching has watched this guy and said, "You know what? I don't want to put him in the game because he's not going to give me anything good. He's not going to show me anything." I think okay, there is a point well, to that. Okay, but I, I look at the end of the day. It's like I said, Ellie. You nor I know. Correct. Speculate, and, and, and I'm not saying that he can go beat Arizona. I don't know, but I just I know, you know. Sometimes you just know what you see, right? It's like the meteorologist, like you, a fellow meteorologist. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. When you're getting the weather, <laughs> you know, you can tell us that the radar will tell you that that rain is coming in the forecast. But when you stand outside, okay, is it raining or is it not raining, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is the eye test, right? Yeah. Joe Burrow right now can't move. And I think that lessens your chance, chances to do things that you want to try to do offensively from beating an opponent right now. I admire Burrow very much for wanting to play. He's the guy. He's a tough guy. He cares. He's, he's, he's passionate. He wanted to be here in Cincinnati. He said that all along. He wanted to be drafted by the Bengals. He's an Ohio kid. He's everything you would want in a team leader. But right now, he just he has to have somebody step in and say, listen, 
we need you here for the long haul. Okay, and the long haul means the back half of this season. You can recover from 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 two and four. You can recover from three and five in this division. Now, their schedule on the back end is it's brutal. It's brutal. But they can win the next game or two with somebody else besides Burrow at quarterback. Even I, if I, you split, even if I, you split and you go two and four by the time you hit the bye. Okay, so you beat Arizona with Browning, you lose to Seattle with Browning, whatever. All right, you hit you hit the bye week. You got two weeks. Back comes Burrow. You, you, at that point, you still have eleven games left. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with you. I I think one of the issues I would have with that would be Joe Burrow has proven time and time again after these long absences that he comes back cold. That would be what I would be fearful of. That's one concern. But I, I wanted to ask you this. The Bengals are now without T. Higgins. We don't have a yep. tight end, right? Yep. Charlie Jones is gone. Our punt return guys, kickoff return guys gone. I think right now there's been one guy on the offense that has been consistently good this season, and I think it's time to start using him more, and I think it's Joe Mixon. If, if I'm Zach Taylor, I start – and again, I, Reed's been saying it on the show, the, the offense is based around Joe Burrow. You can't be the Tennessee Titans. It can't be that Derrick Henry-style football where you just ground and pound the whole game. But I do think – Start If you're going to bench Burrow, that's fine, but I think it has to be the Joe Mixon show. I think you have to start developing into that because maybe take some – if Browning can play under center, it opens up another door, opens up the play action a little bit. It opens yeah. up everything. So I think that would be what I would do. Would you say that would be a good idea? I, I think you're spot on there, Elliot. I, I really do. I mean, I've thought that for the last two years, that Mixon should be more involved in the game planning. And, you know, one of the analysts said something really interesting the other night, and I can't remember who it was. What was the game where the guy had all those carries? And, um, gosh, why am I drawing a blank? In the NFL, he had a ton of carries, didn't necessarily have a ton of yards. But, but the analyst got into, said, look, I'm not going to get wrapped up all the time in the yards per carry thing. He says, I'm looking more at attempts because when you go into a game plan and you say, even if a guy averages 3.5 yards per carry, okay, the last time I checked, if you give him the ball three times in a row, that's a first down, okay? Yeah. Even if it's only 3.3 yards per carry, right? Or 3.4, you're there. So, you know, you go to any offensive lineman in the history of football, and you say, would you rather be the guy on the attack, run blocking, or would you rather be the guy taking the attack, dropping back and pass blocking? This group showed very good glimpses of being able to run the ball against Tennessee. Does that mean every time you're going for four and five and seven and nine yards? No, it does not. Is there going to be a one or two yard loss? Yes, there will. But look, for anybody to say, that your offense is built around this. And you cannot all of a sudden now, at least for a short period of time, morph into this. Did anybody remember the New England game last year when they beat Buffalo and they threw one pass in the game? Yeah. Does anybody remember that game? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the rain you, game. It was because the wind was blowing 60 miles an hour. It doesn't matter. And, and, and look, Mac Jones, yeah, that's a different topic. But the bottom line is they beat the Buffalo Bills by running the ball like 50 times in the game because they couldn't throw it. You can all of a sudden become something different on a game-by-game -game basis 
than what your overall philosophy was meant to be because of an injury. These guys are smart enough and they're paid a lot of money where they can figure it out. And they're not even attempting to figure it out, at least from what I've seen. Maybe you guys disagree. You know, Tom, you bring up a good point. That was the uh, that was the analyst that was on the Bengals game, and what he was saying was, and at least is again paraphrasing here. I don't know word for word what he had said, but what he was suggesting was that when you give a certain uh, running back a certain amount of attempts, what it allows, and you don't get wrapped up in the yards per carry, but what it allows for is more of the boxing analogy where you're you're you're, you're you're taking body shots in the first and second yeah. round. And it's hard to kind of see the, 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 I guess, the amount of effectiveness of what that looks like early in a game or early in a boxing match. You know, those, those body shots don't look like they're hurting. So let's go away from it and let's just start trying to knock a guy out by, by hitting him in the head. When in reality, right. those, those two and three yard gains or whatever it may be at the beginning of the game, they start adding up in that third and fourth quarter. And that's what that analyst was suggesting. And I thought it was actually pretty, a pretty good uh, insight on the idea that we do sometimes get lost uh, in the idea of how many yards per carry is, is, yeah. is a guy averaging in the first half and is, how effective does that look. And, uh, and, you know, I think when you watch that first drive of the game against Tennessee, it really did feel like, and in fact, I think there were some people already tweeting, maybe prematurely, but they were tweeting about how the Bengals' offense looks like they were back, right? Yeah. They, 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 they looked in they looked I thought in, the same thing. They I looked in the flow. They looked in flow. They were handing the ball off. Joe Mixon was gashing them for five, yep. six yards. And to your point, maybe the biggest question of, the, of that entire game, and it gets lost because you lose 27-3, is – you don't go for it on fourth down yeah, when no you have doubt. the ball inside the three-yard line. And to your point, uh, you know, to your point, I don't know if that's a decision that haunts that haunts Zach Taylor or not. Reed says saying Joe is uh, saying Joe is healthy after the bye is just as speculative, if not more, than saying Jake Browning isn't going to win a game. Okay, you well, on that? You know, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, that's for sure. But if you just use normal medical logic, okay, if you use a logic, what's the one thing people tell you to do when you get um, a pulled calf, a pulled groin? Um, you tweak your knee. Um, you hurt your bicep. Uh, you have the flu. What do they tell you to do? What's the first thing they tell you to do? Rest. Rest it. To try to get better. So there is no comparison between speculating on what, I mean, is there any guarantee that the, that the three or four week rest would get Joe Burrow better? No, but there's no guarantee on any injuries ever going to get better. Nobody has a crystal ball that says, or, or some, you know, you open up some book, medical book, and says, yeah, well, if you do X, A, A B, C, and D, you're going to get better. Well, you know, the one thing everybody does universally agree on is you enhance your chances of getting better if you're not running around on it every day, in this case, with a calf. I mean, I, am I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong. The other thing I want to bring up too, really quickly, for those that are that are uh, really concerned that Jake Browning isn't going to be a guy that can win a game in the NFL, uh, until this year, uh, Josh Dobbs has not won a game in the NFL. 
Um, he he'd only started uh, what what appears to be uh, two times in, in the NFL before this year. He was 0 and two. Uh, for the Tennessee Titans. He had thrown uh, two touchdowns to three interceptions. And now the Cincinnati Bengals fans want to sit around and suggest, or at least a portion of them want to suggest that Josh Dobbs is the guy that's going to lead the Arizona Cardinals to beat the uh, the Super Bowl caliber roster, the Cincinnati Bengals, with a backup quarterback, no matter who you put back there. So, Well, look, and- you, but you have to admit, Trace, you have to admit, okay? You have to admit. And this is where I... When I'm sitting there and I'm looking at teams around the league and trying to watch some games, whether it's a Sunday ticket or watch a full game, whatever, you have to admit, you look at Dobbs. Now, Dobbs has been around the block. You know, he basically was the same guy Jay Browning was. They were outstanding college quarterbacks. They came into the NFL. They've really never been given a chance. Yes, Dobbs more so in Pittsburgh than than, than Browning has been given in his career. But they're, they're, they're basically the same guy. Okay, basically. All right. Um you, you look at Brock Purdy, the last pick in an NFL draft. Those guys look like New England when Brady was there. And so you say to yourself, wait a minute now, Arizona's putting up 20-something points a game, close to 30 points in a couple of games, Right. They, their roster would be nowhere close to being on par with the Bengals, yet they have found a way to be competitive, highly competitive. They have led every game they have played this season in the fourth quarter. They have had a lead in the fourth quarter. Can you say that about the Bengals? And that highly touted Ballyhooed roster they have down there? No, you can't. So what's the difference? What is Kyle Shanahan doing that Zach Taylor doesn't do? I don't know. But all I know is it doesn't matter if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or whether it's some guy that nobody's ever heard of in Brock Purdy. All I know is I look up in every game, they're scoring 30 and 40 points. And they're figuring out what to do. Now, you can say, well, they got Christian McCaffrey. Look, there's no doubt Christian McCaffrey's an unbelievable back. But Joe Minton's a pretty damn good back. I mean, he's had a hell of a career. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. They've got this offensive line that they've spent a a king's ransom on. Let the guys go block for Joe Mixon and see what happens and see if you can't do something offensively. Change it up because what you're doing right now ain't working. Fair enough. As you watch through the NFL, Tom, you're a guy that obviously enjoys enjoys uh, the National Football League. Is there any surprises, any 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 takeaways so far? Obviously, you're going to be in the saddle here on Monday. We look forward to that, and you're going to be able to probably be able to share more and more of your thoughts on a daily basis. But uh, to catch us up to speed on what we should expect come Monday, when you look throughout the NFL, is there anything that's kind of taking you by storm? Anything that's that stood out? Any outside the uh, the Bengals being a disappointment? Is there anything that really has been disappointing that you thought you've seen? Well, I got to tell you, Trace, I really think that Baltimore is really good. They have to be really good. Uh, Because if you look at the number of injuries sustained to key players on that team already through the first four weeks, and the number of players that have missed games already, starting critical, crucial players, best corner, best safety, best rush pass rusher, two offensive linemen, starting running back, done for the year. I tell you, um, 
maybe I was really behind the eight ball on this deal um, for not giving Lamar Jackson enough credit. I got to tell you, man, through four weeks, this guy, what a huge difference maker he is for that team. And there are a lot of you saying, duh, the guys won the league MVP. Okay, well, stupid Tom, and that's nothing new. But, and we'll see how it plays out. But, I mean, Baltimore, I think, is really good. I think they're better than Kansas City when they have all their players. I don't know if they're better than Buffalo. But I think Baltimore is really, really good. And I'm not surprised the Chargers are scuffling. I mean, their coaches basically try to coach them into two losses, and somehow, some way, they found a way to win. That's your guy, Herbert. Well, that's not my guy, Herbert. He doesn't coach. That's your team. guy. Just, that's your guy. Always yes, it is, Tom. You're, You're right, Tom. Tom. Right, Tom. Hey, Tom. I know I'm right. I hey, know Tom. I'm right on this one. I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. But Herbert is Trace's guy. He is, and I just want to say, and I don't. Oh, right, you ruffle, admitted it. I, I don't, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to ruffle too many feathers around here. When I, what I, with what I'm about to say, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. Justin Herbert's played hurt, played hurt a lot last year. Yes, he has. I, I, I'm just gonna tell you, if you flip the narrative and Justin Herbert looked like Joe Burrow this year, and he played for the Chargers, and he's he's been doing what he's been doing, and and and. Let's just say, let's just say Burrow is putting up the numbers that Herbert's been putting up this year. I know that I'd be in some deep waters right now. I know for a fact there'd be a lot of narratives being written about my man Herbert. But no, 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 no. Joe Burrow, he's 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 hurt. He's hurt. Oh well, okay. We'll we'll ultimately see what ends up happening. And again, he is just, hurt. You just, know it. He's hurt. I'm. I, I I know Come he's on. hurt. I, I know on. he's hurt. But I'm just... win a playoff game, win multiple playoff games. I mean, come on. Herbert had a thirty to nothing lead last year. Just mix in two first downs, and maybe you win the well, game. Well, I forgot that he, I forgot that he played defense. Elliot, am I right or wrong, Elliot? No, Tom, you're right. You're always right, and that's the thing. I, no, I, I, I'm I, not always right. Trace, I wish I was. Trace Trace sits up there and he spews his garbage about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, yeah, I mean he's injured. If we had an award for most injured quarterback, he'd win it. But that's not why we play football. We try, we we try to get to a Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow's done that. Justin Herbert stinks in the playoffs, and that's what we're looking at. Just, Tom, Trey, just I I read this on Twitter.com all the time. If Justin Herbert had Tyree Kill, if Justin Herbert, if if Justin Herbert had Randy Moss in his prime, if Justin Herbert. Tom, I mean, what are we doing? Justin Herbert has Keenan Allen, which is an elite wide receiver. He's got Mike Williams, a, 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 an amazing deep threat. He's got Josh Palmer. He's got a bunch of guys over there that can catch passes. And time and time again, he falls short in the postseason. So I don't want to hear it. Justin Herbert has come up short in his career. He's a very good quarterback. He's very talented. But if you're going to sit here and compare him to Joe Burrow, who's been to a Super Bowl and back-to-back AFC championship games, I just can't hear it. Well, in fairness, it, it, we're only talking three years now, so let's true. Just, you know, this is a this is a long game for both of these guys. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Right. Both of them are going to start hearing the chatter. KC laughed at me. KC laughed at me when we were talking about, you know, you sign the big contract in any sport, and we knew the big contract was coming. You know, can you lead your team to win the Super Bowl? This isn't an individual sport, so it's not on Burrow. And you can't question the guys he's playing when he's hurt. But those questions will start to crop up if in the next year or two the Bengals can't win a Super Bowl. It's going to happen. It's fair. Hell, they just need to win a game. Just one game. 
Just one, one game, game, Tom. Well, you know, Tom. Hear you right, real quick, Elliot. Yeah. You're telling me you are not betting on the Bengals again for the rest of this season. Is that what you said? That's what I. That's what I said. Yeah, because I can't do it anymore. I, 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 I can't win a bet, and I think it's all because of the Bengals. I have money on the Bengals. I try to support my team the only way I know how, and I gamble on them. So I, I, I do my job, and, and the Bengals just let me down time and time again. So I'm done with it. In fact, I might just okay. start betting. I think the only option I have left, Tom, is to start betting on their opponents. That's the only option I have left because I either win, the Bengals win, and I'm happy, or the Bengals lose, the season's over, but I win their money. That's that's all I have. That's that's you know that's what we're gonna start doing. We're gonna start reverse jinxing them. Also, Tom, you you talked about that Patriots Bills game in the wind. I'll never forget that where I was that game because I had a parlay. I had I I'll never forget it. I had Mac Jones over passing yards in that game, and I parlayed <laughs> it with Bills money line. I part I, I I'll never forget that where I was. It was the worst bet I've ever made to date. It was. I remember sitting there after the first quarter saying, "I'm just dead. I'm just a dead person." <laughs> That's where we are, though. I got a question for Tom real quick. Oh, Go the ahead. bear. Yeah, the bear. I'm, I'm, I'm on a show for this week, and then I'm out of here. The bear. I know that. <laughs> but I know but that. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Ohio Bobcats having more Big 12 wins than the UC Bearcats? I don't like that question. I don't like that question Boy, at all, Tom. Hey, look, don't answer you know, that. If you, if, you, if you go to the athletic, right, and you look, they rank the top 133 teams every single week. OU's quarterback last year. Mac player of the year, Curtis Rourke. He started the first game. They didn't think he'd be back. They went out and played at San Diego State. He goes, he blows an ACL at the end of last year, and they get beaten in the Mac championship game. They they, they they had a boat race Toledo in that game if he played. He goes 10 for 12 for 150 yards in the first quarter and re-injures his knee. Did not play the rest of the game. Since he's come back, they've won every game. In that athletic top 133, OU is all the way up to number 42, and that's with a loss. If Ohio University was undefeated right now, they'd be getting votes for the top 25. They beat UC. I don't, I don't like this conversation. I mean, I just don't like it. They beat UC. Emory they held Jones. Iowa State to seven points in that game. Iowa Emory. State. Iowa State's not very good, Tom. They wouldn't be the first MAC team to beat them, Tom. <laughs> Ooh, boy. That's fine. Oh, boy. That's fine. Elliot. That's, I mean, Elliot. Elliot. That's, Elliot. Fi that's fine. I mean, that's you got to admit. You got to admit. Miami and BYU. I'm going to give them Oklahoma. Yeah, Tom, it's not good. Right. It, it turns. I, I was on the Emory Jones Heisman watch for week after week one. Turns out he's no longer the Heisman, Tom. No, it turns out he's not going to win the Heisman this year. Well, they still have a chance to have a good year, though. They still have a chance to have a good no, year. So we'll no, see how that don't. plays out. No, they don't. They're done. <laughs> They're cooked, Tom. You are Mr. Doomsday today, Elliot. Tom, they are on the oven, and they are cooking at 425. The oven's preheated. We're ready to roll. The season is cooked. It is over. It is over. When you lose to Miami of Ohio at home, you're not going to have a fruitful season. So that's where I am as a UC fan. Tom, how about this? I'm a Cincinnati fan. I'm 24 years old. My Bearcat season's done. Basketball season's going to be done, too, when they get boat raced by Kansas. Uh, we have the Reds. They missed the playoffs. We have the Reds who missed the playoffs. And we have the Bengals who are 1-3. I have nothing, Tom. 
All right, let me ask you guys a quick question here. Yeah. When you sit here, and Trace is for everybody, Sean, Casey, okay, since you brought up the Reds for a second. Did you guys watch any of the 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 the, the Diamondbacks-Brewers game last night? Yes. Are you telling me the Reds don't have a better roster than the Diamondbacks? I still I still that's the craziest part. I mean, are I, you kidding me? I, I've been I've been saying this for a month. I think the Reds have one of the best rosters in the National League. It just sucks. I, I and again, I'm not gonna I'm not an excuse guy, Tom. You know this about me. But if you if we have to go down the line here, we've used sixty five different players this season. It, it's one shy of the franchise record, which was set last season in that catastrophe. We've used 40 different pitchers. Everybody's hurt. Matt McClain's hurt. Uh, Ellie Dale Cruz is launching baseballs at Noel V. Marte. So I, I, we go through the season. If, if, all this, if all this catastrophe doesn't happen, and I know it's baseball, coulda, woulda, shoulda, but at the same time, I really, truly believe if the Reds were able to get to this postseason healthy, they would have made some noise. I'm not saying they would have won a World Series, but they would have won a playoff game. They would have maybe taken the, the wild card round. I firmly believe that. I agree with oh. I don't know, Tom. I, I brought it up earlier. The Reds faced Devin Williams nine times this year and didn't get a hit. The Diamondbacks faced him last night <laughs> and get two runs. Right. Well, you got a point there. You got a point there. Is Casey alive over there, or is he just so down and out with the start of the Bengals? I'm on life support, Tom. I, I'm I'm not doing great. It, it has not been a been not a very good season for my poor Bengals. And, um, you know, I, I'm – I'm just disappointed in Zach. Like, that's my biggest. Sniper. Oh, oh. Sniper. Sniper. Oh. oh. Been there. Been there. Been there. Oh. Is this real? Is this real? Is this a bit? No, no. Is this a bit? It's 100% real. Oh. No. Oh. Well, I guess this is the time where I just fill Tom because we well, have well, Casey no, over well, here. Well, here's a filler for you, Tom. Panic mode. Sir Boys left a couple of super chats while Casey fixes his calf or whatever the hell's going on over there. No, uh, believe me, it's his hammy. It's his hammy. <laughs> Sir Boy said, uh, "Tom is gonna keep Tom. I'm gonna keep receipts when Ellie wins MVP." He says, "Tank for Marvin, uh, your guy, Marvin Harrison, Tom." And then he also says, "Oh." I.O., baby, they're looking good. That's I mean, top. come on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I don't think Big they look good. Coming up. They're barely beating teams, but, I mean, if you want to say they look good, they can look okay, I they guess. They look good. They look good. That was a big league win at Notre Dame. All right, Tom, you're going to be back here Monday. Uh, those have asked about it. They've asked about a thousand different which ways, one of, one of which uh, they're, they're excited to get you back. So you're back Monday. You've got a, uh, for all intents and purposes, a clean bill of health, I, I suppose. Mm -hmm. We have, we have any, uh, yep. any relative restrictions, nothing like that. You'll be back in the saddle for the foreseeable future. And, uh, I'm sure that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun in here considering that, uh, there'll probably be some hotly well, you know, a lot and... seems, Trace. I mean, now all of a sudden, you know, you've done a phenomenal job in there. You know, uh, Casey is is down and out. Uh, Sean Penchitten stepping in there. Reed's always making waves. Elliot is, you know, the whole world's coming to an end and every team stinks. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. been my nature to walk in and be the, the voice of optimism. But I think I might have to be when it comes to uh, starting on Monday. Well, Casey's still struggling with his calf. He can't even he can't even figure Is out how to run the or a handy, Casey? I it, I'm just out. I'm just out. He's struggling over here. He's trying to figure out how he can stretch. He, he doesn't know which buttons to hit. 
I, I tell you well, what, it's a, it's eats every day for lunch for crying out loud. This is true too. I'm sure that this not that that doesn't help, uh, Tom. But you know what you're getting yourself into. We've talked about it a little bit. We'll have a we'll have a kind of a regroup meeting here later this week. We got weather now. Yeah. We got mailbags from from Miss Betty's yeah. class. Uh, we, you know who knows Can who we knows do mailbag where, where, while I'm on here. Can we do mailbag right now I, before well, I go? Well, we 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 we'll do. We'll, we'll, I'll tell you what. If you want to hang, if you want to hang for just a minute, Tom. As I said, you know, we have this very important thing where we got to stay on schedule around here. And by stay on schedule, we just do it whenever we wish. But we do have we do have the locals at eleven, so we got to pay the bills, Tom. So if you want to hang around, you can and, right. and, and you can and you can you know maybe buy a little bit of time. I know you're supposed to be out of here, but if you can find a way to to hang out for just about five to ten more minutes, we'll do uh, the I'm mailbag. But first, Tom. But first, you know what's next because everybody needs to know. We got to go to the weather, Tom. So we'll send it over to the weatherman. Well, hey, everybody, it is me, the weatherman. It is I, Elliot. I've returned. So, thanks, Chip. Listen, I, I, ever, I, I heard somebody talk in the, uh, the chat yesterday saying, oh, all Elliot does is say the same things over again. Yeah, that's the bit. Do you think when you watch the weather five days a week, you're getting a different answer anytime? No, that's the entire bit. Whoever said it yesterday in the chat, congratulations, you win all the awards, because that is the whole purpose of this bit. The weather is never changing. And if it does change, you know it because you can see it out your windows. So everybody, take a look outside your windows. Go roll around in some grass. If it rains, it rains. Bring an umbrella. That's why they made them. That's why they made them. I can't, I can't be the controller of the weather. I'm just here to tell you what I see outside my window. And what am I seeing outside my window right now, Casey? What am I seeing? Thank you. Here we go. I'm seeing 75, 80 degrees, sunny, might be a cloud or two, uh, Thursday, some rain, maybe, I mean, maybe. I'm going to say, if I said it rained and then it didn't rain, I'd look like a jackass. So I'm not going to say that. Instead, I'm going to say, you know, it's actually a lot like gambling, the more I think about it. These, these meteorologists are out here gambling every day. It's going to be a 50% chance of rain. That's minus 110. That's minus 110 for rain tomorrow, guys. So everybody go place your bets right now. Betford Sportsbook. Those odds will not be available. Uh, but if you go place it right now, minus 110 on it to rain tomorrow. Good odds. Fair odds. But obviously, if you lose, you know, most of that money's going to the book. So there it is. Casey, there's your phone. I don't care anymore. Weather, back to you, Chip. All right, thanks. This is the part of the show where you have to buy time, just enough time to try to figure out exactly what it is that we're going to do for Casey. But hey, 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 give it right back, Chip. Give it right back, Chip. Give it right back, Chip. Listen, I didn't finish my weather Casey, report. I didn't, Casey. I didn't, I, I didn't finish my... Nope, 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 nope. I don't care what it looks like up there. We're going right back. We're going right back to the weather report. Listen, if I, didn't, if I wasn't clear enough, guys, you're going to go outside today. It's going to feel good. Again, I've been, you've been hearing it on the microphones. I've had a cough for three months. It won't go away. I'm trying. I think it has something to do with the dust in my car. I'm not entirely sure. Trace made fun of my car yesterday. I mean, Chip. Sorry, Chip. Um, but yeah, the weather, it's going to be great today. It's going to be okay tomorrow. It's going to be decent Friday. And then the cold front. I saw somebody said they want a cold front mention. You already know the cold front's coming in. Why are you asking for it? You already see it. That's the whole point of the phone. That's the whole point of this bit. So yeah, it's going to start getting cold starting next week. Happy Halloween. Here comes Thanksgiving. Sooner you know it's Christmas. And then next year, it's opening day in about 177 days or something like that. Other than that, back to you, Chip. Quick question for oh, you. Yeah, Quick yeah. question Go for ahead, you, Chip. uh, uh, Weatherman. Yeah, Chippy. Weatherman. Go ahead, Chip. Weatherman. Chippy. Here's the thing, Weatherman. Uh, 
What what kind of vehicle are you driving? Because I thought that most meteorologists had a good paying job, and you know what? Yeah. I, I, I the other yeah. day, I, the other day, I, I took a look, and I'm just like, I mean, what what, what do we got to do, Mister Weatherman, to possibly get it up? And you, yeah, you, I, you you blamed you blamed it on your previous employer. You didn't even have the heart to tell me that you need more money. Yeah, well, I listen. I I I, I, I <laughs> we don't ask a man how much he makes. We don't. But if you were to ask me how much I made last year, it was $10 an hour working for one of the most prestigious radio stations in the world. But I, that, I, again, that's only if you ask me. I'm not going to tell you that the truth, but that's, what just, that's just what I made as a producer there for working one of the biggest shows, networks in the nation. But again, I'm not going to say anything about that. I drive a 2003 Chevy Impala. The thing works like a beauty. How many now, miles? Huh? 186,000. <laughs> Uh, not to be confused with just 186. It's got 100. It's got 186. It's got 186,000, and it's worked like a charm. It's worked like an absolute beaut. The only issue is if I'm stopped for too long, it will overheat, and the engine might catch fire. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. But other than that, back to you, Chip. Whatever. That's why we gotta do this. That's why we gotta pay the bills around here, so we can maybe get Elliot a couple hundred more bucks a month around here, where we might be able to get him a vehicle that doesn't overheat if he stops at the stop sign too long. And by all means, if you have to wait at too many stop signs around here, there is a, there is a chance in Hamilton, as Elliot will tell you, that there are pedestrians that might stop you from being able to move. So, well, well, we're gonna send it back over here to the best ad reader in the game. Casey McAllister, hopefully you can get through it without your uh, calf or whatever your issue you got going on over there. Thanks, Chip. The Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore <laughs> Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world, complete with a suite of services for mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and... Productivity. Productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And boy, did I need this. Pawnee water. It's a new premium alkaline <laughs> water. It's not so new anymore. It's been out for a while. This stuff tastes great. And it's great for when you have cramps, like I just had earlier. Made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. It uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial brands. Artificial processing that other brands use the result is a healthy alkaline water also known as the best tasting water in the world go visit pawnee water at p-a-h-h-n-i water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water and for me it's going to help with my cramps <laughs> you're setting yourself up there casey for mm -hmm. uh for some jokes in the chat but mm -hmm. that's here nor there um all right <laughs> let's get back to it uh we have a mailbag to do uh tom, tom, tom decided he wanted to wait just to hear the mailbag question is tom today. still here tom is, is tom still, tom here, is for still that? here we're tom. gonna we're gonna do the, oh tom you should have left man we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're gonna do the mailbag question of the day and uh we'll let elliot tee it up and we'll see what tom has to say uh run the clip we just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Well, hey everybody! If you're new to the show, if you're if you're new to the program, uh, we have a segment here where basically we take questions from kids around the tri-state area. They they send them in in droves. So we have a we have a plethora of questions to get to today. But we're, we're going to start with one. We're going to just get this this select one. Uh, this is Little Walt. This is Little Walt from Mr. Disney's class. Little Walt, 
He says, my daddy took me to the Tampa Bay Rays playoff game yesterday. The ushers asked us to place an article of clothing on each of the five seats next to us to make it appear filled. Daddy told me they should, <laughs> daddy told me they should move the franchise to Nashville. Should they do that? Yes. But That's too late. Fair. They've already approved a new stadium. And what I can't understand here is, Elliot, is that friends of mine who are from that area, they tell me if they'd have built the stadium over in Tampa, that they'd be packing them in every single night. That putting them in St. Pete and the traffic right by the bridge and all that kind of thing coming over from Tampa, people don't want to deal with it. That's why they don't go to the games. Plus, it's a crummy stadium. They're building the stadium in the same damn place. It's no different. I mean, the Marlins, nobody goes to their games. Two of the three lowest attended franchises over the course of this year, a year in which Major League Baseball's overall attendance was up 10% almost, 9.5%. They, the, the three of the four lowest uh, attended, attended teams are the Marlins, the Rays, and the Oakland A's. And the A's are picking up and blowing out of town. That's fair. That's fair. If if, if I'm if, where they want. Yeah, I I I think Tampa's in, in, in some trouble there. I the Reds kind of kind it all comes back to Trace's question. I think if I, I truly believe this. If there were less games, I think there would be more of a drive for people to show up to these things. Uh, I know it's not how the sports going to work. They're not shortening the season to 130, but no. I do think it would help. I, I I do think it would legitimately help when you have eight home playoff games for the NFL. You know every game is going to be sold out because you're not going to see them any other time. You have eight chances to see your team play. With the Reds, you have uh, you have 80 81 games as of right now to see them at home. So it's a lot of people will be like, oh, I'll see them later. I'll see them later. And I think for all these small smaller markets teams, that's what you're seeing. Uh, but the Rays, as of right now, it's a disaster. The Oakland A's are a disaster, too. And the Miami Marlins just show up. So that's it. Well, you know, the, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, when you were talking about the schedule, we know it's not going to be shortened because of one thing, which is what we started this show with, talking about money. That's not going to happen. But one alternative to all of that, which I have always been a huge proponent of, is what they do in the minor leagues by splitting the season. So... You might have a team. So in other words, you, you play a first half of the year, okay? The first place teams qualify for the postseason at the end of the year, even if they fall apart on the second half. But everybody starts at zero and zero at the all-star break. So everybody has a chance, every team in the league. And this is what they do in the minor leagues. And, and I have always thought that that would be something that would dramatically increase interest and attendance in baseball. You might have a team that, that was really hurt coming out of spring training. All of their guys, whatever it might be, and they played terribly. Uh, Sean alluded to it, or you guys alluded to it, what happened with the Reds the first month of the season compared to the rest of the year. You know, once they got their feet on the ground and figure out who was playing and bringing young guys up and all that kind of thing. That would be the way to do it because you're not going to cut down on the number of games. Yeah, it's just an economic thing, right, Tom? I mean, ultimately, when you have 81 home games and you have the ability to produce revenue at those 81 home games, severe, uh, certainly or like clearly, I guess, and this is from an outsider looking in, I have no idea what the optics of, of, of the economics look like on a day-to-day -day basis of, of the overhead of, of what Great American Ballpark costs to turn on for a game day, per se. But it clearly is not high enough 
to where owners and or ownership groups throughout Major League Baseball want to shorten these 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 seasons yeah. up because clearly uh, on on a day to day basis they bring in good revenue even if even if the crowds aren't what they perhaps hope they would be they still certainly obviously drive a good enough amount of revenue to where they don't want to try to shorten it up to make sure they don't have to be open if you want to call it that as many times a year. Um, well, but if you look at it strictly from economics, Trace, I mean, w what better economic uh, 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 table would there be than to do a split season? I know. The because only I mean, you, get to the All -Star, you get to the All-Star break, you, are, you, you have a third of the teams in Major League Baseball. We knew, and even by everybody said, you know, oh, watch out for the Mets in the second half. Watch out for the Padres in the second half. Their fans still went to the game. They were done. They were done. And those are two of our biggest payroll teams in baseball. The Yankees, I mean, so, so now you start making that what happens in most small markets. Kansas City, Cincinnati, uh, last year, not this year necessarily. Why would you go to a game instead of just out of the sheer enjoyment? If you're into it for your team winning and competing, you know, your, your chances of selling more tickets having are, are, are with a split season than the current way that they've got it set up, without a doubt. Not even, not even debatable. No doubt. And the one pushback that, that, that you'll get from baseball historians on the idea of doing the yeah. split seasons is is the season in which they already did this one other time and there was the fluke situation. And I call it a fluke because yeah. I think that's what it was, where the Reds yeah. had the best had they had the best record. I think it was in the National League, Tom, and they didn't make yeah. the postseason because unfortunately for two straight, you know, just the way that the, the, the ball fell, they did not win the, the first half of the season and they did not win the second half of the season. Um, and unfortunately, the best team, uh, the best team that some would say in Major League Baseball perhaps didn't even get a chance. But I think That's right. the, more, the more and more we push forward, the more and more teams that we allow into the postseason, Tom, that certainly the chances of that are so, so small that I don't think it's worth really entertaining the idea as to why that should be the case, that you shouldn't do it again. The only, the only caveat to all of this would just be I think we've reached the point. Now, I guess this will find it. We'll, 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 we'll wrap it up with this question is this. As we move forward through sports, the fairness or equality or justice, whatever term you would like to use, for teams and the competitive nature of the game seems to be somewhat eroding away for the idea of entertainment or the idea of giving more and more teams a quote-unquote chance because it keeps more and more people engaged. You see the NFL, they're adding more teams to the playoffs. The Major League Baseball, they're adding more teams to the playoffs. For those that want to argue, if you will, about equality, you'd like to think that, again, the system that we have right now that I was complaining about at the beginning of the show, Tom, wouldn't exist if all you cared about was a perfect format. Do you think sports in general are going to continue to go down the path of Try to include more teams. Let's not worry about the competitive advantage that teams rightfully should have. Well, I mean, I think we've seen it already. You just alluded to it. You know, you, you, you've expanded the number of teams in the postseason. You've expanded the number of teams in football and in baseball. Uh, the NBA and hockey, uh, you know, I mean, every team darn near makes it, and, and it's been that way for a number of years, right? So, you know, Trace, it, 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 all of it comes down to, they don't give a damn about the equality part of it. They don't care about that. They care about how many more games you can negotiate to put on television. And that in turn is how much more money are we gonna get from television? 
There's a reason why the NFL has 17 games now instead of 16. And it doesn't have a damn thing to do with the number of teams that are in the playoffs. It's cash from the television networks. Putting on another Monday night game, another Sunday night game, seven more games on a on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, come on. Come on. You know, you, 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 but I don't think baseball will ever get to a point, or football either for that matter. They'll never get to a point where the NBA is, I don't think, or hockey. I don't think they'll let it get to it because, because I mean, those regular seasons and those two sports mean absolutely nothing. They still mean something, something in football and baseball. Certainly so. All right, Tom, I can't, like I said before, can't wait to have you back. I'm sure many, 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 many feel the same way. We look forward to seeing you uh, here in the saddle on Monday, hopefully for everybody's sake in the chat and everybody's sake in here, hopefully after a Bengals win. Yes, that would be nice. If not, look out. You guys have done a great job. I can't wait to get back in a saddle, see if I can't keep pace. All right. I, I, I bet you will. Both guns a-blazing. Both guns a-blazing. I bet you will. All right, Tom. They Enjoy the, the rest All of right. your week and certainly the weekend. Yeah, I can't wait to have you back. All right. All right, man. All right. You heard it from him. We went through a whole host of topics, obviously. And, um, you know. Are you seeing what's happening in this chat this, right now? This chat is going wild. I, Casey... By the way, that, no, we didn't. Nobody, nobody shouted out Drew Garrison. That's my guy, Drew Garrison. Drew Garrison paid to be a member of Chatterbox Sports. We thank you very much. That money goes to me, and I hopefully can buy a car with it eventually. Uh, a couple more of you would be great. I would love to buy a car. Secondly, Casey removed Drew for nothing. I did not remove you, Drew. You kicked out Drew Garrison. I didn't remove Drew. And now my he's kicked. Now he's. Well, how does your wife have access to this? How does do you your wife have the power? What do you mean? She's a she's a moderator too. Why? She, she was a day one. What? She's that been a day get... one watcher since the very beginning. And Sir Boy should have it. Everybody should have a wrench. I have a, I have a cousin who lives in Idaho. I'm gonna give it to him. He doesn't know what this show is, but I'm gonna give him a wrench. I mean, what are we doing with these wrenches? Listen, listen. Back no, in the day, no, back in the no, day no, before no, there was no, anyone on here, we needed a couple people to be moderators because I couldn't monitor the chat like I can now. And so I gave it to Nathan Hines, my father-in-law, and Alexandra Hines, my my now wife. And I gave everyone else that works are you, here. Are you, are you okay with this? Are, you're the boss here. Can you step up? I mean, can you step up? I mean, Drew got butt bonked. I, I, that's <laughs> what he said. Bonked. Come on, come on. That's what he she, said. She's carrying her phone around in her scrubs. <laughs> she's listening to the show. She can't. She can't watch it, but she can listen. That's so. why. So, that's so, why. You so, don't so, 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 wait a minute. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me step in and at least do something around here for once. Uh, you know, look. For all intents and purposes, I, I guess I have to be the bad cop here for a small extent. Uh, I'm just listening to it as a judge would, right? I, I, I've spoken that I believe in the, in, the, in the judicial system, and then you got people arguing it's the legal system. It isn't judicial. There's no justice in it. Well, uh, <laughs> all right, well, then just go to another country, all right? If you, if, if, if you think it's so bad around here in the United States of America, just, just go overseas. Go, 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 go to the Middle East and see how, see how well you're treated there and see if you love, love the way that their systems are. So that's, that's that point. But if I got to sit here and, and talk justice, I'm listening to the points. I'm listening to the cases. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, most of the time you can make 
decisions on short interim basis, right? You're like, okay, uh, you have to do this for this long because you got to fill in a hole. Trace, you got to host this show. Do I want to host it forever? I, I mean, I, no, I don't want to make it sound like I don't <laughs> like it, uh, but, but no, I don't, right? I don't. I, I, I'm just trying to fill a hole. So Casey, for all intents and purposes, and yes, I use that as a crutch word all the time, okay? I don't give a damn. Uh, but here's the thing. He said he needed to have somebody moderate the show because he did it, and this is something very clear that I just heard, and I want to say that I did catch it. He said, I wasn't able to like I can now. Well, here's the thing. You can take wrenches away. So once you realize, once you realize that you can still do your job and you don't need as much help, you can take wrenches away. And then you add in the fact, and then you add in the fact that, well, she can't really watch the show. She's working. Then how the <laughs> hell can she moderate the damn chat, Casey? And she's oh, kicking out. Wait a minute. Let's wait a minute. Let's put Casey on the stand. Go ahead, Casey. Defend listen, yourself. Listen. Defend yourself, Casey. I I'm not going to take away her wrench because she's been a day one watcher. She's always been there for us when we needed her to moderate the chat. Now, she made one mistake. One mistake, okay? And the only reason why I banned Elliot was because he's banning other people in the chat for no, no reason at all. I You're ban just banning random people. No, I'm going to take not, away your wrench. How about that, Matt? That's not huh? – that's – that's not random. That is calculated because Blackmore has been slandering me for two weeks. If you're going to slander me... I don't know if people can hear you anymore. I don't know. I don't know if anyone can hear you. I think... I'll tell you what this all comes down to, and this is going to... We're going to have to have a real serious meeting. It sounds to me that Casey got a little bit of power in his life at the very beginning of this show, and he decided he wanted to hand out wrenches to his friends. That's what this whole thing came down to. How many of friends have wrenches? Right now, we put him on the stand, and what does he do? He shows his true colors. He doesn't allow my man Elliot to speak. He, he shuts him down because well, why he's got the power. He's got the power, and by God, he's going to show you he's got the power. Do we got a problem right yeah, here. Yeah, we hey. got a problem. So I give you a chance to defend yourself, uh, Casey, and I haven't heard any defense. Matt. I have not heard any defense. All I've heard is, 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 is rebuttals and excuses. So we'll do this over again. I'm going to send it to you. If she's not able to moderate the chat and watch the show anymore, and you still have the ability to do it, then what is the reason as to why she keeps her rinse? And you're going to say, because she's been a day one watcher. Well, there's a lot of day one watchers on this chat. Why don't they have wrenches then, Casey? Because I can't trust them. Oh! Because, well, there, there's, she is directly, she's, Casey, dir she's a, a hole, direct, everybody. she is a direct contributor. She's a direct contributor to this company. I didn't know those day one watchers when they were watching. I didn't know Everett. I've gotten to know Everett. I've Everett's gotten to know Mouse Cop. I've gotten to know Sir Boy. But I'm just telling you, when we started this, we we were fearful of what it would be like in the opening day. And now, now the wrenches don't matter as much because we have everyone in here. We're all watching the chat. We're all involved in the chat. I just haven't gone through and and um, you know taken away any wrenches. I haven't even taken away Paul's wrench. I just when you get the wrench, it's like a permanent. It's like a it's like a permanent sort of. That's just blasphemy. Why is that blasphemy? Well, because because ultimately the wrench is there for a reason to be able to moderate a show. You don't get a wrench forever. Joey Votto has been a legend in this town for how long? He's been a great hitter. What are they gonna do, Elliot? Let's take it to you. What are they gonna do, Elliot, when he can't do the job anymore? They're gonna take over. That's what this is. This They're is, gonna take his wrench. That, that, that's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. They're gonna take over, and he's, look, he's gone. Look, Alexander, take his bat. Take his. Do you blood. guys don't even remember what it was like when we first started. We had we had the spam bots. We had all those sex bots. Who was banning those people, huh? 
Alex was banning those people. Well, I'm here now. And all those trolls back in the I day, was she the was banning those people. I wasn't at Come the beginning. On. I'm here now. And when I'm here, I'm going to start taking over now. So everybody's getting a wrench. Jordan's getting a wrench. Molly's getting a wrench. Everett's getting a wrench. Everyone gets a wrench. And everybody can remove everybody. And sooner or later, we just won't have a show. And it's all because of Casey. Casey did this to us. <laughs> Casey destroyed our family. And now we're, and now we're just a, a, a family of chaos. We have super chats to read. So do you mind, do you mind if, I, if I read some of these so I can support our company? Here we go. Drew Garrison says, all is forgiven. I'm sorry for starting a power struggle. Drew, I take that money and I say, no, it's not forgiven. I'll fight for you. <laughs> Big C, the wild horse. That's my guy, Corey. He says, unrelated, but we need Elliot to exercise those vocal pipes more on the show. Dude's got a godly voice. See tweet of him singing Frank Sinatra for details. Corey, I agree. I should be singing more. That should be a thing we do. Uh, Sir Boy Wonder says, Casey, I've gone to your bachelor party and don't get a wrench. That's a valid point. So if there's anybody who deserves a wrench, it's Sir Boy Wonder. And all you give it to is, is your wife and your friends who are, are butt dialing people when they're on their phones not watching our show, removing paying members, loyal members. I won't have it anymore, Casey. We've lost the show because of you. Listen, I, I'm not trying to say that she didn't make a mistake. She made a mistake. But that doesn't mean she deserves to lose her wrench. She said she was sorry. She listens to the show. It's not like she did it on purpose. I don't if know, it was Casey, on purpose, we'd have a different that, conversation, there, right? There's one term that I've heard in life that can be relatively true. And the term is this. You can take it in your life and you can use it as much as you'd like as well. Tell your kids about it. Tell your grandkids about it. And here it goes. You ready? You can take as many steps up the ladder as you want. You can go as high as life can take you. Just keep climbing the ladder. But sometimes one bad step and guess where you're at? One bad step and you can be at the bottom. And I think that that maybe, I don't know. Some are asking the question. Now Mr. Mo's Mr. Mo's chiming in with a super chat. I spent over $200 in super chats last month. How does he not get a wrench? So we'll just keep going down the line with all these people that deserve wrenches more than your friends, Casey. Fine, fine. You know what? You know what? Hey, Trace, you know what? Trace, Only people that work here get a wrench. How Trace, about that? Does I that make you happy? Trace, I want you to ex execute this order right now. Only people that work here get wrenches. I want that order done right now. There has to be, there has to be justice. There has to be. If there's no justice, what are we? It's just, it's just Batman. And, and, and Casey is the Joker. But he's the bad Joker. He's not even the good Joker. He's the bad Joker. He's Mark Hamill's Joker. Make it a decision. We're off. I already, I, I, I already I, I, said I, I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it right now. I, I, How about I think, that? I think the only decision that can be made now is, uh, is, 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 is I, I've heard the case, and I think that, um, you know, unfortunately, I feel as if, uh, uh, I feel as if, yeah, I think Casey's going to have to take Paul's wrench away. Yep, that's right. Quitter Paul. Paul. And take away his burners, too. He's got two burners in the chat, and he won't admit it. <laughs> I want those burners gone. Shout out Smelliot, and shout out uh, George Santos, who is, a, who is Paul, whatever, Fishburn. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to see that we've had the chat scandal of the, uh, of the season, of the year, of the Chatterbox history. This has been the, uh, the chat scandal. Uh, those that look back in the history books will, will look back at the, all the world wars and they'll say World War One. We've officially hit chat scandal one. Now, will we get to two? I don't know, but we've made it to one. Elliot has 
has made his point so valid that Casey is just, he's just balanced to the balance of the fact that he's just going to make it to where anyone that has a wrench only works here. Because I'll, I'll be honest, there was a point to where I was following Casey's logic and his logic was more than valid. The logic was, is that he could not keep up with the bots that we used to have in the chat, which we had some when we first started this show. Um, and those were deleted by his lovely wife and father-in-law, I'm assuming, because he has a wrench too. Or was that a ploy, some are asking, to try to get his father-in-law's approval for marriage? Because, by the way, before, <laughs> before, before, before he got married, this show did exist. Interesting. So now we're getting to the point now where I think it's safe to say that we have enough manpower to be able to moderate the chat. You've secured the bag, as, 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 as some would say, in regards to your wife, where you don't have to have the approval of Mr. Hines anymore. Take his wrench away, Casey. I, I have already I done the do deed. I've already done the deed. And I took away, I took away the, the fake Elliot account. So the, the Elliot rearing, just the basic one. So now it's just the E-Train. That has the wrench. Why? Why can't I have my two? No, because you, you can't have two wrenches. Yeah, you get you one. You get yeah, one wrench per employee. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, one can. wrench per employee. Come that, on now. What are we doing? No, no, no. Don't nod your head with that. He removed my other account. How am I supposed to find justice in silence? I can't do that. I want my other wrench back for this account right now. I want it right now. No, no, no. No. You, yeah. I'm not doing it. Trace. And by the way, I just Trace. want to say thank Trace. you, Nathan. Thank you, Alex, for being the moderators when we needed you. No, I, I don't thank your him. Work. I don't thank him. <laughs> I don't thank him at all. Casey I killed. Do a, thank, I do. I do thank you. Casey killed. Casey killed a, Casey I, killed I, a family I, I of raccoons, and there's uh, no justice uh, in this world. The, 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 we have 20, 20 minutes left in this show. Um, we have to get to. We have to get to our bets from last week. We do have. We do have to get to a few things. One of them is our picks. We, we got to get to our picks because otherwise we're going to be doing picks in our, in our old picks and it's going to get really picky around here and we don't want to do that. Not too, you don't want to get All too right. picky. Let's don't just do get it real picky. quickly. Then. We don't want to get too picky. Uh, so we'll go through them right now. First up um, is Notre Dame versus ah, Duke. Great one. cover. That's a bad beat. Great cover. Great cover. Love two, it. Two point conversion got us at the end. So we lost. All right. Uh, me and Spur, we lost. Simple as that. All right, moving on. Won't be the last time. <laughs> uh, was, oh, look at that. Uh, interesting. Uh, Cincinnati v. BYU. Uh, Cincinnati minus one. Everybody takes Cincinnati. Trace takes BYU. Trace wins. Next game. South California. Yes, Southern let's go. Cal. You, USC v. Colorado. What a joke that game was. You don't go into Boulder at 12 o'clock <laughs> noon. Uh, no, you don't, Spurs. It's no, Saturday. You don't. In the by more than 21 and a half points. Although I was, I was definitely uh, shaking in my boots. I, I thought that that was going to be another just disaster for, for Colorado. No, they come back and almost win the ball game. USC is so what fraudulent. What happened in that game? Because I had that game on for the first half while I was sitting in my car in a Toledo parking lot, by the way. Uh, what a lovely town Toledo is for all intents and purposes. And I know I say that all the time, but sincerely, what, what a beautiful city that is. Um, and... What are you laughing about? I lived there for two years. That was sarcasm. No, no, it wasn't. I, I no, it wasn't. I, Toledo is a beautiful city. Real quick about um, that game. They, the roads are the, the best roads I've seen 
the best roads I've seen in Ohio. Oh, wow. Now, we, we, we got to figure out Old how state. in the world that, that – This that, is a that bit. This is a bit. I got to figure out how their local government is able to get them out of the roads and the conditions that they got them in without, <laughs> without, without, without anybody being upset about it. This is a bit. Those roads were, on, were in construction for the two years I was there. They were, it was a disaster zone. I don't know. It sounds like Elliot just doesn't appreciate Toledo. I do. Uh, Sean, you got yeah, something Yeah, Colorado put in a receiver in the second half that hadn't played all year. Uh, freshman. Comes in. I think he had about seven catches for almost 200 yards or something in the second half. Really? It's like, where's he been? Uh, sometimes mean, coaches make mistakes. Yeah. Maybe he thought he was like kind of like a Jake Browning kind of guy. Like, yeah, he ain't going to help us. Let's not put him in. He caught seven balls for 100-plus yards. Interesting. All right. Um, next game, LSU v. Ole Miss. And there's Casey. He's clapping. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Casey. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jackson Fart. Let's go, baby. <laughs> His real name's Dart, for those that don't know. It's Fart, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's actually Dart. I, I, I have to say that not because it's not something you can say. You can say it, but it gets said so much around here that I don't want to lead our viewers to believe <laughs> that they walk into a party and say, yeah, Jackson Fart, he's a great player. It's Dart, okay? If you, if you want to call it Fart, you can, but just saying. All right. Uh, they did not cover. LSU, oh, man. Tell you what, Les Miles is in a world of heat down there. All right, here we go. This is where you just believe in the system. Uh, Oregon State v. Utah didn't get to see the final score of this game, but at one point Oregon State was was winning pretty handedly. They didn't come back. Utah did not come back and win, did they? They lost no. by two touchdowns. 21-7. to right. seven. There you go. So congratulations to Oregon State. I guess they are somewhat the real deal. Yeah, what do you know? The three guys that got it right are the system believers. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried to follow the system for four weeks, and it didn't work. And now you're trying to claim that it works now? Oh, okay. Well, it worked right All there. Right. All right. Well, we'll find out what the system does for the rest of the year because I'm thinking that system is starting to heat up. Bad beat. Yeah, it's a bad beat. Here we go. Uh, it's a bad beat. No, we, we covered. It's a bad beat. Oh, we beat. covered? Uh, that's but, right. That's but, right. It was a field goal. We covered. But they yep, covered. That's like, a bad great beat. beat. I cannot believe Denver was getting three and a half points or giving three and a half points that's tough is that gonna be the last time this entire season that that the broncos are gonna be favored in no any they're game? favored this week they are the you're jets. right against, against the, the jets, jets. Oh my gosh. well that is a game in which america is going to be betting one way and i guess man how could you how how could you how could you even take your hard-earned money that you worked hard for and place it on the broncos against the jets this week but some people are and that some people are going to be probably me because it makes no sense. It's the best way to gamble. All right, Falcons v. Jags, and uh, I, I, I bought the hype. This is on me. <laughs> you know, sometimes you allow your, yourself to be influenced by others, and I allowed myself to get into this Desmond Ritter hype. This, it's not Desmond This Ritter Desmond hype. Ritter belief system that is Casey. I mean, <laughs> Casey basically said that, that, that Desmond Ritter – is probably going to end up being a franchise-type guy for this Falcons team. and, and, and no. He said he was going to be an MVP no, this season. No. He said no. – Casey McAllister sat on this show and said Desmond Ritter was an MVP. I just no. need – just don't get benched. I mean, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> I, I, he went over to his teammate Matt Collins for a high five, a friendly high five as teammates do. Matt Collins got up and tried to hit him in the head. That's, that's how good your quarterback is, Casey. I probably give him a wrench too. I can't. I can't even defend. I can't even defend my Falcons because of how bad Desmond Ritter played. But 
he's not going to be the, the the Falcons are not going to win games because of Desmond Ritter, and he's been put in too many situations where he's been asked to win ball games. That's just it was bad. Was I'd bad. love to play quarterback for that team. I mean, you're yeah, pretty much saying I mean, they're not going to win games because of him. I mean, good lord. So, Sean, you have a bet with uh, Desmond Ritter. He has to get how many yards? It's to- like twenty-five, fifty. I think he needs passing yards. Passing yards. He's at about I don't know. It's seven something that he's at. So. Almost 800 yards. He's on pace. He's on pace, but as long as he don't get benched or hurt, I think he'll get there. But uh, he's got to win. That's why it was twenty five fifty. Right. Well, we'll find out. We will see together. All right. The Dolphins was the was the was the cheese that 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 existed, and we all and I knew it. I just knew it, and I and I was an idiot and still took the bait. I'm so Dolphins v the Bills. Bills smash the Dolphins. The craziest part about these picks, Casey's. I'm sure going to say the records after this. I don't uh, have them ready. No, I don't. He doesn't. Have, okay, he doesn't have them. Uh, uh, but what we're going to find out at some point this week is that I'm phenomenal at betting the NFL. But when it gets to Sunday and I put in my bets on Bedford Sportsbook, perhaps the greatest sportsbook known to man, when I do that, I don't take these picks and I switch them because my in my brain I think I'm going to be wrong. But I, if I were taking these, I'd be up a million dollars. I'd be up one million dollars if I if I just rode my brain. If I rode my brain when we made these picks every Friday. Then I'd be a million. I'd be a millionaire, a regular millionaire. There's one thing that uh, there's one thing that you and and uh, and Paul have in common. Not quitting. It's uh, <laughs> it's that you two both have an immaculate record of your non-bets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that, I guess that's fair. I if I would be probably be a hundred no if I made the bets I wanted to make and we're right about. But that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. All right. Sugar cookie. Next game, we had the Browns, and they did not have a quarterback, which I would have loved to know. I guess that's just on me for not knowing. It was. I think it was a game-time decision. Brutal. Brutal. Not, not only that, Miles My, Garrett was also hurt in this game, too, which just didn't help. I mean, so. I'm just the greatest gambler of all time. That's what I've learned here. Yeah, right. I think did I miss a lucky. pick? I'm not I, – I don't know. We'll find out because you didn't miss this one. Next game. Uh, yep, Oops. you missed one. Just, <laughs> just found it. That's tough. I'll tell you what, though. As a spoiler, if I was a Bengals fan, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be fired up. I'd take a lot of, I, I'd take a lot of solace in the fact that you're favorites this week, and, and I'm going to pick them. I, I think the Bengals cover. So, Bengals are going to win. They're going to be two and what would they be? Two and uh, four. Two and three. Two and three. Two and three. Two and three. And we're out here acting like the season's dead. Two and three. They were two and three last year. Casey will tell you. Hey, they were two and three last year. Now, last year they, they, the they la- last thing. year they lost like two or three games by three points, and they were two and three and all that. But, you know, I guess the records are the same, but that's what Reed would tell you. Bengals have a, have a differential of minus 45. They have two games where they scored three points. It's not the same thing. Oh, I'm not. It's not the same thing. If if anyone's going to try to tell you it's the same thing, they're wrong. I know I'm a negative person, but you can't look at me in the eyes with a straight face and tell me this is the same as last year. It's the same exact thing. Oh, we're starting slow. We got a quarterback who can't move, and we're not scoring points. Other than that, sure, same thing. And the defense has given up, uh, what did I say on Monday? 160 yards average. They've given up 24-plus points this year. Maybe. I don't know off the top of my head, but I want to say they've given up 24-plus points three times this year. Is that right or wrong? Wrong. What would they give up on? Uh, I think the Browns only scored 20. 
was twenty to three, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I got, I, I got like this handy 20, dandy little 20, window 20 open up here. So Browns scored twenty four, Ravens scored twenty seven, Titans scored twenty seven. So, so twenty four plus yeah. points three times this year, and I think in years past they've given they've done that nine times. So I mean they're on they're on pace to to shatter that. We'll find out ultimately what ends up happening, huh? That's why we watch sports because. Believe it or not, I don't believe the games are scripted. I don't think they are. I leave it open to be debate because if you watch it, that Chiefs Jets game the other night, <laughs> there's a script. There's a script. Script seems to be that the that the Broncos are going to beat the uh, beat the Jets because I have no idea how that's even a thing. But well, I will, I will, at least acknowledge Reed's. Um, Point, which is the the Broncos should take solace in the fact they're favored. Yeah, they should. You're a clown. They should. I mean, you're just a clown. I'm not even going to acknowledge should. this again. They should. I mean, if you're a Broncos fan and you see that you're favored this week, I don't know how that doesn't just make you extremely excited. Especially, I mean, the Jets just looked real good on Sunday night. Right. Everybody, everybody, we were in here talking about how the Jets might be back on Monday, and then they're underdogs against the Broncos. There must be something in the water here that just breaks your guys' brains and says that's a good thing because that's not a good thing. I don't care about it. Nobody should care about it. You should try to win a football game, not be favored by Las Vegas. Well, usually if you're favored by Las Vegas, when all the optics looks as if you shouldn't be favored from Las Vegas, then it means that you're going to have success. Um, it happens a lot, in fact. In fact, I would venture to say that that's why I just hesitated when I say I don't think games are scripted. Now, to be clear, I don't. Okay, That, that, that whole narrative is absurd and ridiculous. But I do think that Vegas certainly knows from time to time when there are optics that appear a certain way that aren't actually true. And I think that they believe, certainly, that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals optics are about as down as one could get. And they also believe that the, the Broncos optics and the Jets optics probably are on how are you a doing tale this of the, two ends as well. How are you doing this with a straight face? I don't even understand it. Because it's... It's it's had a lot. Of, I've had a lot of success in my life. Like, do you think the guys in the locker room are like, hell yeah, we're one and three, but we're favored this week? Hell yeah. Um, I'm not suggesting that the players give a damn, but I am. I am suggesting that it that it usually shows uh, or paints a picture, if you will, of what the next week trends are probably going to be and what's going to end up happening. Yes, I do. I do. I do genuinely believe that. Okay. You don't think the Broncos are going to beat the Jets now that you see that Vegas has them favored? That doesn't make you think, wow, damn. I man. will be betting on the New York Jets. Do you see how I didn't do that with a straight face? Because I know I'm an idiot. When you guys start saying that everybody should be excited that the one in three Bengals who don't score points are favored against the worst team in the league, yeah, I think that's a little bit of a joke. All right, I'm done with this topic. Uh, uh, really quick question. What's the over-under in the Bengals game? And I know we're, we're getting ready to go into the vault. It's probably like, uh, it's probably, well, yeah, let's go in the vault when we get in the vault. Well, let's, can fine, I, we'll go. We'll, I gotta, well, let's, go, let's just go to the vault. No, I want to finish my thing. Don't take it to the vault, Casey. I want to finish with high school pickums. Uh, so oh, the records God. of. People <laughs> want to enjoy the, the show. The record. I don't know. Chatterbox was founded on high school football. America's <laughs> pastime is high school football. When I sat at edgewood or whatever the hell that school is called and i was working the ipads on a friday evening a chilly friday evening the chatterbox get to it get the, to it the chatterbox way My with the Lord. ipads when i was filming those games i was thinking to myself in three years i'm going to reapply to chatterbox get the job and i'm going to remember these times i'm going to remember the chatterbox way and that's what we are chatterbox do the chant in your own houses uh speaking of that though the the picks records casey is a phenomenal 28 and 7 
Trace is 24 and 11. Reed is 24 and 11. Elliott had a tough week. He went 1 and 4, uh, 20 and 15. Again, loser of this gets fired. Mm. They will not be on the show the rest of the year or ever, and they will lose their house. What was your record, Elliot? What's my record this week or Just all time? All time. 20 and 15. 20 and 15? So that's 20 wins and 15 losses. Okay. So how many more weeks are there of college football? Or not college Three football? Three weeks, roughly. But we're going to do, do playoffs, too. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Let's go. What's what's what what or do you got you got, you got something to say over there? How many who won what or are you? No, I'm done. All right, let's go in the vault then. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go in the vault, which I guess means that we're gonna listen to whatever has Elliot's uh, pocketbooks jingling. I don't know exactly what it is that he believes that he's going to win because he doesn't win hardly any bets at all, but then he wants to sit here and ridicule me that I'm laughing about the fact that the Broncos are favored against the Jets and that that's easy money. That's easy money. There hasn't been a better sign in life that you should just put your mortgage on the Broncos. I don't know what it is. What do you got over there, can Elliot? I, can I speak? Go ahead. I'd love to speak. All right, so here's what you're going to do today. So I want you to sing. <laughs> I'll sing later. I... I you guys will get Can you a yodel. You, you, you got, Can you yodel for me? Uh, no, I can't do that. All right, here we go. So Rangers play the Rays. I'm not. I'm not fully in on the Rangers. I think they're kind of fraudulent. I'm going to go with the Rays money line minus 145 at home. Uh, they're going to bounce back here. I also love the first inning unders in all of these games. No runs first inning. That's a nerfy, as Trace alluded to yesterday. Those odds will all be about minus 125 to 130, minus 130. You lay the juice. No runs are going to be scored. Yesterday the runs were scored. It can't happen again today. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Twins, same time today, 4.38 p.m. Again, I'm not going to bet on Minnesota. I think Minnesota is very similar to the Reds when it comes to the playoffs. They're cursed a little bit. I'm going to go Blue Jays plus 115. And again, a nerfy, no runs first inning. Diamondbacks. I love the Diamondbacks to finish off this series. I've been saying it all year. I think the Brewers are fraudulent. I don't think they're that good. Uh, Diamondbacks are going to win. Uh, easily, they're plus one ten. You take you take the money. Also, no runs first inning because the Brewers don't have an offense. Same guy that said he was deathly afraid to go up to and play the Brewers when he what? was. Are, the Reds. are you? Can you speak up a little bit? Some of us can't hear you. Same guy that said that the Reds uh, should not want to go and play the Brewers because he's deathly afraid of them. Yeah, because the Reds are like they have one win against the Brewers of the year, so you can understand my frustration. Uh, the Marlins, I love the Marlins to have a bounce back game plus one thirty. Under 8, also minus 110 on Betfred Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook. And no runs first inning uh, under as well. So under that half run in the first. Take those responsibly. Let's all, let's all be millionaires. Let's just do it. Let's wake up tomorrow and be richer than everybody else. And you're going to do that riding these picks, I promise you. Can't promise, legally. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, Elliot feels like he's going to get back on track. I don't believe him, but we'll find out together tomorrow. Uh, I will do – I'm going to take Tampa. I think Tampa uh, – you don't win 99 baseball games to get swept. You're at home. I know there's no home field advantage because there's five five people in the stands. But uh, I'm going to take Tampa to beat the Rangers today to force a game three. That is my uh, – that's my lock, I guess, of the day. Uh, I'm going to take Braxton Garrett under four and a half strikeouts. I think I'm going to fade Elliott a little bit here. That's usually profitable. So are you going to fit every one of my picks or just that one? No, just that one. Okay. And we'll see. 
I'm surprised when Trace put the headphones on his knee, they didn't stay there. I was really, I saw that move and I was, I was going to make a comment, but I was like, you know what? We're going to get through the show without an incident, but I know he's putting it on his knee. I don't get it. Uh, other than that, you said you wanted the over for the Bengals game against the Cardinals. 44 and a half is the number. And I would put my entire life. I would put my future. I would put my future kids, future. I would put my future kids, future kids, future kids, futures. I'd put everything I have, and then I'd go to a loan and pull out more and put it on the under. Under 44.5, minus 110. That is how confident I am that the Bengals are dead and will not score points. I'm going uh, – I, I hate this for the <laughs> Brewers. I really do. But I'm going Diamondbacks plus 110. You can't lose game one of the series when you got your ace on the mound facing the other team's number three. You have to come out and win that game. Now – this. Uh, it's, it's flipped tonight. Actually, it's going to be Arizona ace versus Brewers number three. Arizona gets it done, closes out the series tonight. All right, and uh, that makes the mortal lock for me this week going to be the over. Bengals over, um, Arizona over. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. 44, Bengals are probably going to score about 28, maybe somewhere in that, somewhere in there, maybe 30. Everybody's going to say that Joe Burrow's back. Bengals are back. And then they're inevitably probably not going to be, but we're going to assume that they will be for at least a week. That's probably what's going to end up happening. We'll find out together because uh, we do this show every single day, and they play, they play sporting events most days. In the NFL, as you know, uh, we have to wait one more day to watch the National Football League. We'll do draft or die tomorrow. Nobody died, unfortunately. I say unfortunately because, you know, hopefully we can get a, uh, a script writer for the next one. We'll see, we'll see if we can't figure out uh, a way to, to uh... you, you, you like, you like your jokes. You were, you were, you, you, on a scale of one to 10, on a scale of one Excuse to 10, me? Elliot, on a scale of one to 10, your script that you had for Reed, what would you rate it? Uh... I, I, I thought I, I thought I made him laugh. So I don't know if that's the goal. That's the goal. Is that the goal? On a scale of one to ten. I mean, I made him, I made him laugh. So I give it a seven and a half. Eight. I'll write something better for you. Fair enough. Just gonna be about Stuart Fairchild. The issue is, is that Lydia. I don't plan on losing, so I shouldn't have to do it. That's the beautiful thing about uh, that game is that if you pick two games and you don't you don't lose them both, then you're you're good to go. Uh, we'll have draft or die tomorrow. We will have Casey Stink list 100% tomorrow. 100%. We don't have an option. We we, we got to get to it. <laughs> Casey Stink list will be tomorrow. I'm glad that Chatgate was solved today. Don't know if it was solved, but we got we got pretty far in a short amount of time. This is where we need to have cameras rolling at all times because I'm sure there'll be some, 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 some beautiful conversations that are had once the show's over. And perhaps I think we will get some of those that run the whole entire time with some microphones in here. Everett says, write about hanging the banners when you're favored. So should the Bengals get a, a banner because they're favored against the Cardinals? You know, you guys make fun of this, uh, this logic <laughs> that, that's, won, that's won myself and, and, and a few of my friends a lot of money over the years. I've listened to your advice the past three weeks of college football. I've won nothing. When was the last time I gave you any advice? In fact, I want you to be completely honest and look dead straight, straight into that camera. You do me a favor. That little green ring right there that's it, that exists, you yeah. got one over here. Yeah, I, I want you to look directly into that green ring, and you tell me the last pick that Trey said, hey, Elliot, 
you need to take this game. Trace has not said those exact words. But what Trace has given me is said he has given me a system, a system that uses mathematics and logic. I've used this system to a T, and I have not won a single game using this system. Not, not one. So when does the system start? Week eight? I'll tell you when the system starts. It's the first Wednesday at noon, which means one thing. There is a tornado alarm going off right outside the studio. <laughs> which is my sign to wrap up the show. But I will promise you, the system that we, that we love and we respect around here, at least some of us do, I'm going to take a deep, hard look at it this week and see if we can't find the real plays in the system. And we will, we will portray them to the world. We will give them out for free this week. And if they are wrong, come back and laugh at us. But I'm willing to bet over the next few weeks, and certainly throughout the remainder of the season, especially in college football, we are going to, we are going to strike gold like we always do. All right, we'll be back better than ever tomorrow. Why? Because we do this show every single day, Monday through Friday from 10. To 12. P. P. Which means we'll be back here better than ever tomorrow, bright and early. Not really bright and early, but it's somewhat bright and early on the West Coast. But on the East Coast, it starts at 10, which means it's not bright and early. But we, we hope to have you back. If you come back, some of us wonder why. But we'll take you anyways because we love you all. We'll see you tomorrow.